Hello, one, two, one, two. Yeah, I can hear me. Free Talk Live. Give us a call at 1-800-259-9231. It's your show. Call in and take it take it over, and, well, we'll talk about anything you want to talk about. And uh, it looks like Ian has lost his microphone, so, well, you know, it's time for the understudy to take over. And, uh, well, I've got some show prep here that I've uh, I've been wanting to do. And, well, since Ian's busy, I'll just go ahead and do what it is I want to do. And I'm here with you, too, Mark. Thank you very much, <laughs> uh, Sam. You can, you can, I can bounce this stuff off you. So this article is about uh, innocent people that confess to crimes that they didn't commit. Well, obviously, innocent people don't commit crimes, right? So uh, people that com- confess to crimes that they did not, in fact, commit. Okay. Does that make any sense to you? Well, I mean, if this is happening like in Iraq where people are being tortured, th- th- that's why uh, torture is so ineffective because, you know, people just want the pain to stop. So they'll say whatever they want to make it go away. Nope. This is America. Oh, nice. Where uh, at? Uh, well, this is out of New York Times. Eddie Lowry lost 10 years of his life for a crime he did not commit. There was no physical evidence at his trial for rape, but an overwhelming factor put but one overwhelming factor put him away. He confessed. At trial, the jury heard details that prosecutors insisted only the rapist could have known. Now, so he took this to trial. So it says to me that at some point he's like, whoa, whoa, I shouldn't have confessed to that. I didn't do it. Um, He says, including the fact that the the rapist hit the 75-year-old victim in the head with the handle of a silver uh, table knife that was found in the house. DNA evidence would later show that another man committed the crime, but that vindication would only come... Years after Mr. Lowry had served his sentence and was uh, paroled in 1991. Oops. Yeah. I beat myself up a lot about having confessed, Mr. Lowry said in a recent interview. I thought I was the only dummy who had ever done that. But more than 40 others have been um, have given confessions since 1976 that DNA evidence later showed were false, according to records compiled by Brandon L. Garrett. Now, imagine this is since 76 and... That means that there had to have been some physical evidence that they could uh, use DNA on that somebody had it confessed to. So you're talking about 40 cases isn't a bunch of cases, but there's not going to be that many cases that far back that there's actually DNA evidence on. And how many how many people have the money? I would assume that they would have to pay for the DNA testing or, you know, how how, how do they determine, OK, well, there's enough here that we're going to go ahead and rerun the uh, the DNA evidence. I suspect that uh, your, your defense team, whoever it might be, is the one who's responsible for paying for the DNA DNA tests and trying to 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 pry it out of the hands of the bureaucrats. Ian, is your mic working? Yep, I'm back. Uh, excellent. What had happened to it? One of the Technical difficulties. Little, little wires. <laughs> the button work. wasn't pressed. Oh, got to have those buttons pressed. So anyway, more than 40 people have given confessions um, that later showed that they were, were false, according to the Wait, records compiled. 40 people in how many? I'm sorry, in the since whole country? Or? 40 people in the country since 1976 uh, have given confessions that to crimes that they did not, in fact, commit. DNA evidence showed later. So you're talking that about, number would be a lot higher. I suspect there's a lot higher amount of people that have confessed to crimes they didn't commit. Mm-hmm. But now you're talking about ha- being able to get DNA con- con evidence to... A, a verification. To, right. So, so there has to be something that they can get DNA evidence off. Yeah. And that something still has to exist. Do you understand? Right, right. In, in some fo- cold case file someplace. Now, most of the ca- cases where people were pulled off of death row and uh, because of DNA evidence, that was... 
due to a like a college uh, class or something that would go and investigate cases. Happens. It was a, a group that would actually go out and look at these and look at the sure. really questionable ones. Is it the same case here, or is it actually just different individuals unrelated? I couldn't answer that. I haven't. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know for sure uh, wh- how. Because it may out. just be that there's one group of people out there actually doing something about this, and that's all that they can get to. But there's probably hundreds. Experts have long known that some kind of people, including the mentally impaired and the mentally ill and the young and the easily led, are likeliest to be induced to confess. I'd like to point out who is most I mean, young people are the most likely to be sentenced for um, for, for crimes. Mm-hmm. If, if you look at the age bracket of, say, 15 to 25, those are the people that go to jail for crimes. Likely, they're the people that mostly commit crimes, too, but that's also the age bracket of people most likely to be induced to confess. There are also people like Mr. Lowry, who says he was uh, pressed beyond endurance by persistent interrogators. So the cops just kept on questioning, just kept on questioning, just kept on questioning. And at Keep some you point, awake, shine the light in your face. Uh, who knows even what, what the tactics are? But yeah. uh, like he just says persistent interrogators. It doesn't even have to be that rigorous Keep necessarily. Keep some food away from you. Well, you know, at some point, peer pressure can make you c- confess to things you didn't do. Here's evidence. And, you know, sure. I, I, I don't know how society deals with this. When you're dealing with something as powerful as confession to a crime... How do you deal with that? I I don't even know. New research shows how people who are apparently uninvolved in a crime could provide such a detailed account of what occurred, allowing prosecutors to claim that only the defendant could have committed the crime. An article by Professor Garrett draws on trial transcriptions, recorded confessions, and other background materials to show how incriminating facts got into those confessions by police introducing important Mm -hmm. facts about the case, whether intentionally or unintentionally, during the interrogation. To defense lawyers, the new research is eye-opening. In the past, if somebody confessed, that was the end, the, uh, says the uh, the founder of the Innocence Project here, Peter uh, Newfeld, an organization based in Manhattan. You couldn't uh, imagine going forward. The notion that such detailed confession might be deemed voluntary because the defendants were not beaten or coerced, involuntary, excuse me, uh, I would assume this is what he's trying to say here, because they weren't beaten or coerced, suggests that the court could not simply look at whether confessions were voluntary. Uh, they should look at whether or not they were reliable. Professor Garrett said that he was surprised by the complexity of the confessions he had studied. I expected and uh, think people intuitively think that false confessions would look flimsy, like uh, someone saying simply, I did it. Instead, he said almost all of these confessions looked uncannily, uncannily reliable, rich in detail, and most inevitably had to come from the police. I had known in a couple of these cases, uh, cases, contamination could have occurred, he said, using a term in police circles for introducing facts into the interrogation process. I didn't expect to see that almost all of them had been Hmm. contaminated. Of the exonerated defendants in the uh, Garrett study, 26, more than half, were mentally disabled, under 18 (sighs) at the time, or both. Wow. Most were subjected to lengthy, high-pressure interrogations, and none had a lawyer present. Well, it's easier for the police, uh, who in many cases, some departments don't require. In fact, they discourage actively intelligent officers from signing up or intelligent people from becoming officers. So it would make sense that the police are easier to, you know, it's easier for them to intimidate the mentally uh, retarded. Because that's about their, you know, it's, they're above that level. Well, that and they break their own laws when it comes to uh, people asking for attorneys. Because they, they say that the lawyer wasn't present. I can tell you, in my case, I asked for an attorney. And they 
you know, th- then they went on with questioning afterwards. Mm-hmm. So they're not supposed to be able to do that. And they do. Really? I didn't know they weren't supposed to be able to do that. I thought that, you know, it's your responsibility to just not answer them. Uh, not not once you say, once I you want lawyer a lawyer. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Then they're done. Mr. Lowry's case shows how contamination occurs. He uh, came under suspicion, he now believes, because he had been partying and ran his car into a parked car that night, uh, um, the night of the rape, generating a police report. Officers grilled him for more than seven hours, insisting that the from the start that he had committed the crime. Mr. Lowry took a lie detector test to prove he was innocent, but the officers told him he'd failed it. So they lied, and mm-hmm. they're allowed to do that. I don't. I didn't know any of that except uh, to tell. I didn't. I didn't know any way out of it except to tell them what they wanted to hear. He recalled, and oh then get a lawyer to prove my innocence. Too late. So as you felt like he was stuck, you yep. know, didn't know how to get out. Proving innocence after a confession, however, is rare. I imagine it is. Eight of the defendants in Professor uh, Garrett's study had actually been cleared by DNA evidence before trial. But the courts convicted them anyway. <laughs> in such case involving uh, Jeffrey Desvrock, who uh, spent 16 years in prison for a murder in Poughkeepsie, prosecutors argued that the victim may have been sexually active, and so the DNA evidence may not have come from may have come from another liaison she had. The prosecutors asked the uh, jury to focus on Mr. Desvrock's highly detailed confession to convict him. While prosecutors Garrett suggests that leaking wow. facts during the interrogation is sometimes unintentional, so. We'll come back with more. 800-259-9231. Your thoughts. Uh, have you ever been under pressure by the police? Uh, do you know what this is like? Uh, you can take control of the airwaves and bring up anything at 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. Hey, everybody. Scott Horton here for FreedomCam.net. From coast to coast, the increasingly militarized American police state has grown out of control. Peace officers have become law enforcement. The old doctrines of minimal force have fallen by the wayside. Cops are now trained to use overwhelming force in virtually every situation, resulting in an epidemic of police brutality across our society. I say fight back while you still can. Film the cops and put it on YouTube. A critical mass of police brutality videos is being assembled online, and a change is going to come. Police perjury is no match for instant replay. FreedomCam.net offers discreet video cameras to help you avoid confiscation while checking power and protecting yourself. FreedomCam.net This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves, dial in toll-free, bring up whatever's on your mind, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features there for free, features including our listening options. We've got live uh, streaming around the clock. You can listen to the latest episode of the show any old time you want it via broadband or dial-up streams, or you can call our listen lines from your phone. As long as your phone can dial long distance, you can use our listen lines as well. Plus, we've got satellite delivery. Uh, We've got 80-plus radio stations just uh, announced a new one tonight. We'll say hello to them officially on Saturday when their listeners are on board with us in Utah. So, that's exciting and a variety of ways to listen just go to listen.freetalklive.com so how soon do you want to start teaching that child that's special to you about the ideas of liberty i figured i couldn't start soon enough with my son jack an island called liberty is a picture book for children and i read it to him all the time he carries it around and it's gotten kind of bedraggled Uh, he, he loves the book he calls it libby it's it's kind of like 
Well, Ayn Rand means Dr. Seuss. It's simple story, graceful rhymes, and beautiful illustrations on every page. We'll make it one of any child's favorites. You can go to freemarketunderdog.com, see some sta- samples there, and order today. You get a 10% discount if, for, if, for listeners of Free Talk Live with the coupon code FTL. It's an island called Liberty at freemarketunderdog.com. All right. So, uh, Mark, you started the show out with this piece, and I don't recall where it was from because I was running around fixing technical things. The, uh, the Times, is that the U.K.? The Times New York the Times. New York Times, I'm sorry. Uh, so the New York Times where they're talking about uh, people that have been coerced, essentially. Well, is coerced the right word here? Uh, they're, they're using it depends the term, on the case, I think. Yeah. It's browbeat yeah. is what it sounds like. They're using the term induced confessions. And they're talking about people that have basically been given... Uh, they've been intimidated. They've been probably there are probably different tactics uh, going on here. Kept awake, uh, maybe starved to some extent, uh, barraged with questions, lights shone in their eyes, lies told to all yeah, kinds good of cop bad cop routine. Yeah, all kinds of psychological uh, manipulation going on by, on the on the behalf of the police in order to get this person to admit to a crime they didn't commit. Now, whether the cops believe they committed it or not isn't the issue. They're trying to get somebody to to uh, to admit to 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 you know give them a confession so they don't have to do any work. I mean, they, it's it's much better for them when you'll just go ahead and uh, and make a you know plea bargain and to, and put a confession in because then they don't actually have to prove a case. Well, I think that <laughs> I think you're jumping to conclusions here because which one? Um, what I people believe that police work. Uh, they've been taught by, you know, so many of the detective uh, shows and novels and things out there that uh, the, the police work is all about gathering clues and putting together a case from these clues and things like that. Police work isn't that. Police work is largely finding us, uh, finding the most likely person and making them and getting them to confess. And most of the time, the most likely person is the guy that needs to confess. Do you understand? I don't know. Is that true? Uh, usually, how can yeah. you make that statement? Because the <laughs> because people don't randomly go out and kill people usually. Yeah, the but the police likely, can randomly pick people up off the street and accuse them of it. Uh, usually, they, there's some if there's some kind of connective evidence, it's often it, it often. Well, the guy that you were talking about in this in one of the cases was a rape case. Who it sounds uh, like there wasn't much connective evidence. Well, it's, no, he was he was ticketed the same night for having a car wreck. Yeah, like he so got drunk therefore, and ran into a car from the sound. Because like. he encountered the police, he therefore is a suspect in the rape case. Yeah, they, for whatever reason, they connected something in their minds, and you know, I mean, it's just. I, it it well, just that, happens. That counters what you said about how, well, whoever they pick up is most likely to be it. No, what are you talking about? I didn't say that. I said the people, that, the person that's most likely to have done it. Look, if somebody ends up dead in your house, it's most likely your ass who did it. Okay, that may be a true statement, but we're not always talking about that here. Those, that's the person. This isn't all about murder. N- indeed, I'm just saying that usually they pick up the person who's most likely to have done it, and in most instances, the person most likely to have done it is the one who did it. Mm, okay, that's, that's all that's I'm a, saying. Right, that's a very general statement, and it, co- it's police stating work the is obvious. about getting people to confess. It's a it is not statement. about looking for fingerprints, collecting. I agree with you. A matchbook from Ben and Jerry's ice cream on 39th and twelfth. This tells me it is. You know, it's not about sure, that. No, I agree with you there. That's all I'm telling you. Okay. So you're saying you're making it seem like they're starving people, hanging them from the roof and all that other stuff. And largely they're not doing that. I'm telling you in this story that mostly you're talking about some people of a particular mental uh, you know, subset that are likely to confess to 
crimes they didn't commit. You don't think they're stressing these people out? Sure they are. Okay, Some then of these they're people probably are holding 16-year-old kids. You they don't, don't think they anything. would hold food back from somebody to get them to confess? One meal isn't withholding food. Whatever. All you have they're to not, do is, is tweak somebody out. Starve. All you have to do is tweak somebody right. out into getting them to think that you're serious. Sure, these are tricks. They're not yeah. torture. That's what I'm trying, the distinction well, I'm trying I, to make. I would say that's a pretty subtle line. When, you, uh, when indeed, you've never... I'm sorry. There is a subtle line. When you're, when you're in the custody of strangers... And they tell you something. You can call it a trick if you want to, but if you induce someone into believing that they're not going to eat again, or that it's going to be a long time before they eat, the or worst that, thing these uh, cops did to this guy is they gave him a, um, a lie detector test and then lied to him mm-hmm. about the results. This is one case you're talking about. In this particular yeah. case, there, uh, you know, do you this, think it's unlikely the police would uh, would do other things like I suggested? I know that they withhold a meal here and there. Mm-hmm. They'll put people in, you know, solitary confinement for Keep a few minutes. Keep them awake? They'll, they'll what about do that one? Yeah, they left the, when I was in jail and they were trying to find out what my name was, they left the lights on 24 hours a day in the little rubber room that they put me in. That's torture. They would come in at all hours of the night, wake me up immediately. What's your name? As soon as, before I even woken up. I mean, I, I hear the sound of the door going, and then the guy, you know, the, the six foot plus tall guy is there demanding to know what my name is sure so and i've seen these true true crime uh, stories where they show some of the interview typically what they'll do is get the person in they'll come in have him tell his story and then they'll start trying to contradict the story with facts that they know from the case so that's probably how some of this contamination occurs and in one case there was a guy that they ended up getting to confess and then when he did it, he got up to put his jacket on to go home. And then they're like, well, where are you going? He said, well, you guys said if I told you everything I knew that, you know, I could go home. And he, they had actually convinced him into thinking that if he would just say what was going on because it was such a long, drawn-out thing that he would be free to go afterwards. Mm. So that's the kind of psychological stress and strain that these people are put under. Yeah, I, I, I get that. I mean, that's that much is certainly true. I just don't like it uh, when Ian will will sh- will kind of paint this as torture. Okay. I was just listening to uh, you know a, a, um, a history podcast on how the KGB did its interrogation. Um, in in this one case, this guy walks into a room where there's a bunch of tongues and eyes and and fingers lying on the floor. From previous interrogations, and he knew he was going into this interrogation. Okay, so let's let's call this stuff what it is. But these are kind of tricks in order to get somebody to confess to something they didn't do. They're not torture. Well, I, I think you're, you know, when you put it in the spectrum of uh, torture, obviously it doesn't measure up to what has been done. But to somebody who's not used to being treated uh, like a thug, then this <laughs> this could be pretty scary. And I think that if you're in in uh, in a state of fear, I think to some extent you're you're being tortured. You're being mentally stressed to a stressed. significant level. Those are good. Those are good terms. Stressed is good. Um, tricked. I like these terms. Torture. No. Starve. No. Well, if you if you're told story. you're not going to get food and they don't give you food, then aren't they starving starve. you? Do, do, isn't the intention to get you to believe that you're not going to be able to eat again? More coming up. This is Free Talk Live at 800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves. In the decades to come, hardy adventurers will colonize the solar system, rediscovering freedom and finding vast new wealth. But the government of Earth will seek to extend its power and claim that wealth as its own any way it can. 
Escape from Terra, Volume 1, the first trade paperback collection of the popular adventure webcomic series, is available now for $12.95 from Big Head Press at BigHeadPress.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves. Dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site for free, so enjoy those on us. Uh, Again, freetalklive.com and the features... Include things like our news updates. You can get signed up, and we will keep you in the loop whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live. Just head on over to news.freetalklive.com. Get signed up. You can follow us uh, via our emailed updates, our Twitter, our Facebook, whichever works best for you. Get over there to news.freetalklive.com. Get signed up for free. While you're at freetalklive.com, check out the banner at the uh, top Right-hand side of the page, it's SACL CAI. SACL CAI is uh, operated by Jason Osborne. He's uh, one of the main sponsors of the show, been uh, sponsoring us for a very long time. Awesome guy, big advocate for liberty. Check it out, SACL CAI. 1-800-259-9231. So we're talking about uh, these induced confessions, as they're being called in the New York Times, where people are suspects, are brought in for a crime, and the police use whatever uh, methods they possibly can, short of actual physical torture, although there's certainly the chance that you could get a rogue cop in there and actually beat somebody up. I'm sure those things have happened. But talking about creating mental anguish uh, in people and getting them into a position where they just don't want to deal with this anymore, this interrogation, and so they'll cop to a crime they never committed. For a variety of different reasons, because A, they think it's going to be over. You read a story, Mark, about a guy that was uh, convinced, or maybe it was you, Sam, but uh, the guy that was convinced that if he just, yeah, it was the true crime story. He was convinced mm-hmm. that if he would just give it up to the cops, they'd let him walk out of there, <laughs> and they didn't. So uh, so we were talking about that, and you mentioned, uh, Mark, that you thought I was being a little hyperbolic with my use of uh, the word torture. Yeah, I just don't think it's fair to use the term torture. I, I, you know what, I, I, d- I definitely understand where you're coming from. Generally, torture has to do with excruciating pain. And punishment as a means of getting a, a confession, but it can also be defined as to give mental anguish to, and uh, you know, to cause mental ang- uh, agony or worry. So, to some level, I think that uh, it, intimidating somebody into believing something that's uh, that's not true that is is scary to them is is I think a very low level of torture. It's it certainly is mental torture, and but you're also dealing with a certain classification of people. This this sort of uh, mental attitude where they'll confess to a crime they didn't commit. Ian, a lot of people would do that. A lot of people would. Well, that's what we're talking about here. There have been a bunch of people that have done this. But you're not talking about a large segment of uh, percentage wise of the population. You're talking about people who are you know young, uh, mentally ill, things like this, mostly. Young, even young people won't commit to a, uh, or uh, confess to a crime they didn't commit. I would Mostly. hope not, but some people do, and it's still inappropriate what they're doing to these and, people. And, you know, and maybe maybe my mind skewed on this a little bit because I find it difficult to imagine somebody confessing to a crime they didn't commit. But well, you're not under those stresses. You're not having the light shown in your face. You're not having oh, food I know denied what you. I'm, I you're know not... what it's like to be interrogated. Unlike yourself, I mean, <laughs> I okay. spent nine years in prison. I've got a general idea how these guys operate, and honestly. I found them to be a bunch of bumbling fools who I wouldn't trust with a stolen bicycle. 
they didn't they they didn't even get uh you know they didn't even catch uh they wouldn't have caught anybody if it hadn't have been for for uh, evidence given by you know witnesses and things like mm-hmm. that they don't actually do police work they just kind of question people look i totally get where you're coming from mark but uh, not everybody right, has but... the same perspective as you do when they're in that situation indeed some it's people are intimidated torture. by the police just not torture man Okay, whatever. After his initial confession, he said the interrogators went went over the crime with him in detail, asking how he did it, but correcting him when he got the facts wrong. So (laughs) they uh, the 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 whole mean a knife. Oh yeah, yeah, it was a knife. It was a knife. The crux (laughs) of the the confession here uh, that you know they used uh, in court was saying that well the the defendant knew things that otherwise he wouldn't know. But when they went over the facts with him, and they I assume didn't record it. In fact, it turns out they were prompting him when Mm -hmm. he got his facts wrong. So um, he says that. he said, the, let's see, I said, at first, how did I get in? I, I said, I kicked the front door, uh, but the rapist had used the back door, so he admitted having some, having gone around to the back. They fed me answers, wow. he recalled. Some defendants' confessions even include mistakes fed by the police. Earl Washington Jr., a mentally impaired man who spent 18 years in prison Jeez. and came within hours of being executed for a murder he didn't commit, stated in his confession the victim had worn a halter top. In fact, she had worn a sundress, but an initial police report had stated that she wore a halter top. Stephen uh, Drisden, the director of the Center for Wrongful Convictions at the Northwestern University School of Law, said the significance of contamination could not be understated. While um, errors might lead to wrongful arrest, it is contamination that is the primary factor in wrongful convictions, he Mm -hmm. said. Juries demand details from the suspect that make the confession appear to be reliable. That's where these cases go south. So Joe Tritium, a former policeman who now advises police departments on training officers to avoid false confessions, explained that few of them intend to contaminate or interrogate um, in an interrogation or convict the innocent. You become so fixated. They just believe that they aren't innocent. Well, they don't know. Right. They, Mm -hmm. they, They don't know. They've got somebody here. It's it's a a hunch. They got a hunch. You're you're putting ideas in these guys' heads. And I don't know that it's true. I think that they well, we've got a guy here. He's he he seems like a warm lead. Let's work Mm -hmm. him. And if you keep on getting if you keep on getting water out of the well, you're going to keep pumping the handle. Mm -hmm. So that's just the way it goes. I I think that this is an unfortunate scenario and I think people should be aware of it. And that's the reason I want to read it. But I don't think that all cops are evil. They're a bunch of evil bastards torturing people, depriving them of food and hanging them from the ceiling by fish hooks. I'm not saying that they're all evil. I'm just saying those things happen. To deny it is to deny uh, reality. So um, the, the the consultant here says, you become so fixated that this is the right person. This is the guilty person that you tend to ignore everything else. Mm-hmm. The problem with false confessions, he said, is the wrong person is still out there and he's um, and he's able to reoffend. So Mr. Trainum has uh, become an advocate of videotaping entire interrogations. I believe this is absolutely necessary. And requirements for recording confessions vary widely across the country. Ten states, as a matter of fact, when they recorded uh, my statement to the police when I was arrested, they'd stop the tape recorder. Hmm. And, uh, you know, they'd, they'd prompt me and make sure that, uh, you know, things fit to whatever it was they they wanted them that, to say. I never felt like I was giving any information that was uh, incriminating me that was uh, not factual. I certainly gave them not factual information, but it wasn't in order to incriminate myself. Um, 
so they they'd stop these tape recordings and things like that. That's not the way it should be. These these people are our public servants, and their actions should be recorded. So if they're in there slapping some convict around or somebody that they've picked up off the street around in order to get a confession, that stuff we need to know that information. We, they they should be recorded. definitely not going to record that part. Right. They should be recorded from the moment they enter, and there should I be agree. An no un- breaks in a time code or anything unbro- like that. Sure. Broken recording from the time they yeah. enter a confession um, area to the to the time they leave, and there should be a, no interrogation outside of a confession chamber. Well, Sorry. you know, if we actually had market-based uh, protection agencies and investigators, we probably have stuff like that. Could be. As of right now, if you bring those ideas to the police, well, well, thank you for your suggestions. Well, that's right. That's what this consultant's running up against. Well, the local police department here in Keene, that, that's exactly the way their interrogation room runs. Is anytime there's a movement in, in the room, the door opens, whatever, it starts the recording. Is that right? Yeah, it stays recording for uh, at least two minutes. Again, the the, the PD in Keene, New Hampshire, is a cut above uh, the yeah. average. Well, they also the they also have a room right next door with a TV screen of the interrogation room where they bring in additional attorneys and uh, for multi jurisdictional things, different police departments that are all sitting there watching what's going on and planning. Okay, how do we uh, get this guy? Yeah, well, if only they'd be using the those facilities to actually go after real criminals. Unlike the school teacher that was just busted uh, this week up here in uh, in new hampshire it didn't happen here in in our very home uh, home area of Keene, but the man works in Keene as a, as a you know public school teacher for third graders at a i think it's a i don't know if that school that he's at is a gifted school or it's, it seems like some sort of a special elementary school of some sort but uh, the guy was allegedly growing marijuana and so our intrepid officers have uh, you know saved the day yeah they spent the the time and effort to investigate this man and and you know they cracked down on this vicious criminal who's teaching your third graders Story's up at freekeen.com if you want to see the details at 800-259-9231. But yeah, if they were actually using these facilities to interrogate real possible suspects in real crimes, that'd be nice. But they're probably using them half the time for uh, so-called drug criminals. 800-259-9231. You take control. This is Free Talk Live. Have you been thinking about starting a website? I'm going to tell you about a great offer from HostGator. HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting, and they make it easy to get your own .com domain name. You create your very own website with their free site builder tools and templates. Sign up at hostgator.freetalklive.com to receive your first month completely free. Whether you want a personal blog or a complete e-commerce business website, let the experts at hostgator.freetalklive.com host you. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves. Dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That number brought to you by SACL CAI. It's 1-800-259-9231. And you can join us on our website. Freetalklive.com is the place to go. You'll find the features there are free. The main feature of the site allows you, the listener, to influence some of the stuff we might talk about on the air. At the very least, you'll expose your favorite stuff that you find online uh, to other people, other people that are visiting our website. Because the way it works is you, uh, as you're surfing about, if you find something that you want to share with our audience, you submit it to the Free Talk Live website. And you can use our handy new bookmarklet to help you do that. Uh, but you submit it to our website and then other listeners will vote on whether they like or dislike your suggestion. And the most liked will make it to the front page and the top of the website. So head on over, get interactive at freetalklive.com. As we continue here uh, briefly, and then we're going to get to your phone calls. But, Mark, you've got a few more details, I believe, from the, this New York Times piece that's very revealing on exactly how it is the police end up getting false confessions from people. 
Yeah, and I think that it, I think it's accurate to say that, that some people are mentally ill and are going to confess to things that they didn't do. Mm-hmm. And it's also accurate to say that, uh, like the the systems that people that the police go and use for confessions are not perfect. They will result in some, uh, you know, false confessions, and you can minimize those false confessions by keeping your mouth shut. Well, <laughs> that's what uh, that's that's some advice to the individual. But one of the the big things that you can that that can be done on a national basis, and I don't think that anybody can anybody except the police unions uh, will have anything to say about this. Is let's videotape from start to finish interrogations with police. It says here that 10 states require videotaping of at least some interrogations, like those in crimes that carry the death penalty. Seven states, uh, Supreme Courts, have required or strongly encouraged recording. These days, Mr. Lowry, 51, this is one of the uh, convicted guys, lives in suburban uh, Kansas City in a house he's renovating with some some of the uh, $7.5 million settlement money he received, along with the apologies of officials from Riley County, Kansas, where he was arrested and interrogated. He has trouble putting the past behind him. I was embarrassed, he said. You run into so many people who say, I would have never, I would have never confessed to a crime. Mm. He doesn't argue with them because he knows that they did not experience what he went through. You've never been in a situation so intense, and uh, you're so naive about your rights, and you don't know what you'll say until you um, it's what you'll say to get out of that situation. So it's easy to talk to the police. I mean, they, as you mentioned before, they've got this good cop, bad cop routine. They've got they're the professionals at, uh, at doing this, and most people don't have to go into these situations at all. And so the first time they do it, it's a really in, it's got to be a really intense experience. Even just having the police pulling you over and asking you intrusive questions, people will blab about uh, things. For instance, we had. Uh, there was a couple, uh, I guess it was a couple weeks ago, Sam, you and some of the other activists uh, here in the uh, the Keene area of New Hampshire went out to do some, uh, I guess, some cop blocking over at uh, the, the, they had this checkpoint set up downtown in the right. middle of the night. And there was one of the guys that uh, the police were harassing because he was out there holding a sign. Uh, the police came up to harass him. Uh, we call him 280. And he was, uh, the cop asked him something about a car that went by. And, oh, those are my friends that were in that car. And well, and then he actually told them who his friends were. And as I was listening, I was like, "Oh, too much information. You shouldn't have said that." But it's hard to uh, to you know, it's hard to keep your head on straight when you're under pressure. You've got men with guns surrounding you. You never know what they're going to do. I mean, I don't blame anybody for opening their mouth. It's it's difficult to stay cool under that kind of pressure. Well, and what the cop did there was also whether he knew that's what he was doing or not. It's a common sales tactic, or uh, if you're trying to you know pick up women or something at a bar say something that you know is is not true like uh uh you know where's your boyfriend or in this case he's not my boyfriend exactly so he said oh i'm telling you you didn't know those people in that car oh yeah well who was it Ah. and so then he names it and it's a way of compelling people to talk to you to correct you because you know as humans we like to be right so when you say Mm. something that's wrong and you know that it's wrong, it will sort of compel the other person to speak up and, and spill their guts. And that's what happened. Mm-hmm. Mark, is there more to the story? That's it. All um, right. You know, New York Times. This is, this you pulled that off the front page of freetalklive.com? Indeed. All this right. is the uh, this is good advice for communities all over the nation because, hey, when you get these situations where cops are inducing innocent people to confess, you're going to have to pay. It was, this guy got settlement of uh, $7.5 million. That's not good. Yeah, it's, it's not the cops cheaper. that are paying that. Yeah, it's a lot cheaper to get a recording system that's set up on a motion sensor in the interrogation room. Absolutely. 
Good suggestion, Mark. Let's go to your phone calls. You can talk about anything. Fred, listening in Ohio to WCER. Hello, Fred. How are you doing? I'm off topic. No, there is no off topic on this show. It's free talk live. You can talk about anything, Fred, so go ahead. But anyway, over in France, they banned the burkas. Then they had to evacuate the Eiffel Tower because they're setting to blow that up. Um, And uh, we've got a a Congress. uh, We're running Congress uh, in the 18th District here in Ohio. And was there? A, got, I'm sorry, but before you go on to that, uh, was was there a problem with people wearing burkas in France, or was it just like banned, a political they thing? The burkas. Was it just like yeah. a political posturing, or were people actually wearing burkas in France? I'm just curious. they were wearing burkas in France, and they banned them. It's my and understanding so, that they were trying to use the uh, specifically wear the burkas for like IDs and stuff like that. I mean, it's very difficult to know who's who's that person in that sheet behind on your driver's license. Right? And so, right. so you're saying that they that uh, that some of the alleged terrorists had threatened the Eiffel Tower uh, after the, uh, the government over there banned the burkas, then they threatened to blow up the Eiffel Tower. It was on the radio today. Okay, I haven't heard this, but go ahead. Reports, uh, according to the uh, Associated Press, this filed 48 minutes ago, Paris's Eiffel Tower and its immediate surroundings were evacuated on Tuesday evening after an anonymous caller phoned in a bomb threat. But police search turned up nothing suspicious. Uh, officials evacuated about 2,000 people and combed through the 324-meter tower, according to a police spokesman. Media reported the scare was a false alarm. Police are not returning calls seeking further information. So anybody can call in a bomb threat. Well, that's uh, what was reported over the radio. Yep, and there you go. You. So what else you got here, Fred? Go ahead. Okay. Um, we. I also, um, at the Zor Tea Party, I ran into a state senator, Bob Gibb, and it was running for Congress in the 18th District in Ohio. And uh, I asked, I told him about France suing Monsanto and walking away with million-plus dollars for suing Monsanto. Uh, Bob uh, Gibbs, who is now running for Congress, said that all the people in France were nuts. And that was his quote. Well, I don't know if that's true. Uh, I think that people are nuts all around the world. It was personal, and it was to me at the time they said it. Okay. So Wait, no, no. He's not saying. He's not questioning was, uh, whether whether what the guy said was uh, whether you are reporting it accurately. He's questioning whether or not people in France are in fact nuts. No, I think Bob Gibbs is shouldn't have said such a thing. Yeah, it's an awful thing to say. Yeah, it's yeah. very very insensitive. And but he's tra- probably trying to pander uh, to the nationalistic element out there that uh, people in America don't like them Frenchies. So I'm just going to trash on all French folks because everybody's the same if they were born in the same plot of land. And uh, you know that's how they think. That's that's he the was uh, he was quoting that he lo- loved Monsanto, which is a very bad company. Uh, well, I've heard you, bad. Th- I've heard bad things about Monsanto, but I don't know if they're all bad. I thank well, you for the they, call tonight. They have a lot of uh, really terrible practices when it comes to uh, intellectual property, and, sure. and and you know they're they're just vicious. Uh, the biggest problem with Monsanto is their you know their legal department. Right. Well, uh, on the other hand, I'm sure there are positive things that could be said about Monsanto, like sure. you know helping feed people and yeah, things like yeah. that. So, but, I mean, Walmart does things I, d- I disagree with, and uh, you know things I, I agree with. Right. So. Of course, if I were doing business in the fashion that I was, say, bringing talk radio to everybody, that's great. If I go around using um, you know government force in order to kick everybody else off the radio and uh, you know stations that don't play my show sure, sure. to make them shut down, I'm a I'm a jerk. I'm and not defending my jerkiness, Monsanto. Uh, yeah. Outweighs 
you know, providing talk radio to people. Sure, I'm not I'm not defending uh, the things that are bad that Monsanto does. I'm just saying that yeah, maybe they do some good things, too. I don't know what those are. I'm just saying maybe they do some, some good things. There's a lot of farming practices that go with the gen- genetically modified organisms that are, uh, you know, they're really immoral when it comes to how one treats the planet. Yeah, Mark turned me on to this, the Food, Inc. Uh, documentary. If you haven't seen that, Ian, you need to watch it. I, I think it's a lot of great information. What do you there. think about a swath of the Gulf of Mexico, the size of New Jersey, just off, uh, just outside of the Mississippi Delta area that's devoid of life? That sounds bad. Yeah. I mean, like it might get that way from just using uh, Roundup, which is this uh, mm. this uh, herbicide that they have, um, just spray, you know, run off from Roundup spray. Has it gotten that way or are you just saying it might get that way? No, that's what it is. That's, that is that is a fact today. So is it by the, as the, I understand it. the Mississippi River coming out of the Mississippi? Is that the idea? Is, what, yep. is that where it's happening? Yeah, it's running off from the fertile areas in the, the plain states huh. there and, and wow. running down the Mississippi River, river killing all the uh, herbaceous life in the Gulf. Hmm. 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can take control of the airwaves and bring up whatever's on your mind. And, of course, corporations are not liable for their actions. So uh, even if they, you know, even if that's absolutely something they could trace to them, probably not much can be done about it, right? Because the government protects them. Yeah, well, there's and something corpor- should be done about it, but you're their right. corporate it's shield. very difficult. More coming up in the This Is Free Talk Live. Hour 2 is on the way. Attention, all active duty members and veterans of the U.S. military. Your proud service to your country entitles you with the right to participate in special VA loan programs with benefits not available to the general public, like the ability to purchase a new home with no down payment or mortgage insurance, or refi with cash out up to 100% of your present home equity with less strict credit criteria. You are entitled to these benefits. Review them online at varadio.com. This is Tim Lewis from iFreedom Direct and a veteran of Operation Iraqi Freedom. I want you to know that as a member or veteran of the United States military, you've earned special rights and privileges. On your feet! And get the details at varadio.com. iFreedom Direct Corporation is a private lender approved by the VA and licensed in most states. In certain states, certain restrictions and limitations apply. For a current list of licenses, disclosures, and all benefits, go to varadio.com. varadio.com. This is Free Talk Live. We are launching into the second hour of the program. You can take control of the airwaves. Dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com and enjoy all the features there for free. So head on over there, freetalklive.com. A bunch of stuff there. In fact, the main feature of the site allows you to get interactive by submitting different show prep suggestions to us. We might Take those, use them on the air. If we don't, other people will still see them because they'll show up on our website and people vote on them whether they like or dislike them, etc. So go and get interactive at freetalklive.com. We're going to continue here uh, with your phone calls, but just a few more comments on uh, Monsanto. 
Uh, I think Monsanto may have a worse reputation than Walmart. I mean, Walmart is is bad mouth left they and right. They are the modern day Standard Oil by uh, by people, and uh, and I've never heard anything good about Monsanto. So I was just speculating that they must do something good. Like when everybody somebody <laughs> the guy was trashing on them, it's like they've got to do something good. They've got to do something right. I don't know what it is, uh, but yeah, I mean, they've, they've, you were telling me, Mark, they've got this poison and uh, Roundup, which and according it's just to, great for killing plants if you're gonna like you know squirt it around the yard or something like that but, but it doesn't do a good job when it's uh, in the water it's sa- it's apparently safer to terrestrial beings than it is to aqueous uh beings and so you were talking about this uh, allegedly large swath of the gulf of mexico out by the mississippi river yeah i mean it's not like i've seen it or anything but i saw poisoned. this movie food inc seemed really credible i don't know how to check these things i can't can't find some other uh you know some somebody to dispute these and uh, i think I've it's in, it up on the internet you know I, I think it's important to talk briefly and we'll get back to your calls but to talk briefly about uh the, the free marketplace and how market arbitration and property rights could help solve uh some of these problems because a as i pointed out at the very end of the segment corporations are protections uh, the, a corporation doesn't exist there is a business that is a, an idea a concept and buildings and cars or whatever created by a person or individuals who came together to create that business and then at some point they decided to incorporate which is where they go to the government and they fill out some paperwork usually and, pretty early yeah and they uh they well we've never done it here on free talk live but uh they, they, so they get this paperwork that essentially gives them special protections, limited liability, meaning that they uh, are pretty much untouchable as, as the owners of the company for the actions of the, uh, the corporation. So for what is done under the name of Monsanto, the people that are operating that company aren't going to be held personally liable for any of the any Yeah, they the have sort of a qualified immunity. They, as long as they're operating as, in sort of their official capacities, then Monsanto bears the burden, not the individual. I mean, obviously, if, if they kill somebody, you know, murder somebody on, on company time, still, they've still committed murder. Yeah, but there are a lot of protections that are involved in, are in, in having this corporate veil. So that's one problem that uh, could be resolved. But, of course, the government's never going to make corporations go away because it exists to serve these corporations. I mean, the governments and the corporations work together. You get this corporatist situation uh, where the idea that you're going to be able to elect enough greenies uh, to somehow change this is ludicrous because these – Corporations with the billions of dollars are always going to have more sway in Washington. Right, and DC. as you as you uh, increase the amount of greenies that you're getting uh, elected, hey, the corporations are going to pay them off. They buy them off, right? Sure, they buy them off. So, uh, so the, the solution, of course, is to get rid of the government and to have true private property rights. Because if somebody actually owns that river, or if somebody owns that uh, that ocean. Then you've got a you've got a case. Look, my fish are dying, and I can prove well, that it came from. Nobody's going to own the ocean in the same way that nobody owns the continent. People are advocating. There are pri- private property advocates that uh, advocate owning the ocean, owning swaths of uh, swaths of the, ocean. of the ocean. Does someone yeah. own the north uh, a continent? No. Then nobody's going to no. own the ocean. Okay, I didn't. I didn't mean to say the entire ocean. I'm sorry if I didn't make that clear. But you could own a portion of the of the ocean for fishing, fisheries, or or well, uh, oil drilling, or in whatever. In most cases, you're, when you're dealing with uh, fishermen, fishermen essentially homestead areas of uh, of the the ocean all in yeah, but they don't bays own, already. They don't own them in the they same have way. territory that they work. Right, they have a territory. They generally work it in the same way as, as somebody who owns it because they they have exclusive rights over it in areas where they don't have exclusive rights. Yeah, but can they sue for it being? polluted 
I d- no, they don't, not. not in that same manner. I'm just saying that fishermen that have exclusive rights over a certain area of, of ocean take very good care of it. Right. You're, you're, they're but husband, they have no husbanding those right. fish. But they have nothing they can do in the event that some sort of poison roundup comes in there and starts to kill yeah, I think fish they off. could probably make um, some case, but they're you know when you're when you're dealing with a company like Monsanto, good luck. Yeah, good luck. <laughs> yeah. So uh, let's continue with your thoughts at 800-259-9231. Chippy is on the line in California. Chippy, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Sam, and Mark. Chippy, hey, how's it going, guys? What's on your mind tonight? Uh, I just wanted to follow up. I called uh, like uh, over a month ago, and I uh, told you about how I got a, a seatbelt ticket and uh, how I was going to fight it, how even it though I was guilty as hell. Yeah, right. see, um, you're not I guilty. Was gonna, I, I, I was, I was guilty as hell, and I, but I was like, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna fight it. I think I could get away. You know, I, uh, there, there's two cops that were involved in my. Uh, 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 arrest or giving me the ticket, and I was banking on there only being the ticketing officer showing up, and I was going to ask, you know, do I have a, a, a right to face my accusers, meaning both of them, and if the other guy didn't show, I was hoping I had a case there. Um, and on top of that, I, I had a couple of questions to ask the, the police officer, and I had the three uh, the pretty good three questions for the cop. I mean, for the judge as well, uh, that Mark Stevens uh, uh, mm-hmm. has on YouTube. Sure. Um, but it turns out the cop didn't, didn't show. Nice. <laughs> so, Neither of them showed. Uh, the, the no, no cop showed. I ended up getting it dismissed. And so wow. I just I just wanted to, you know, even though I was prepared, I was, you know, I was just going to fight it anyways. I, I, you know, even though I was guilty, I'm still going to fight it, and I won anyway. So Good on you. I just wanted to put it out there that, you know what, don't give up hope, people. Just, you know, never plead guilty, yep. you know, and, and, oh, man, I, I was scared as heck, though, you know. I was honestly... <laughs> Congratulations. I, I, was, I, I was thinking, you know, I was actually, I even, like, puked this morning before I go wow. into court. I was just like, That's I was nervous. like, I was like... I was thinking like I was like going to the beaches of Normandy or something. I'm just like, oh. It, it's very <laughs> nerve-wracking to do this. I've done it several times, and I get the same feeling. That's why Jurisdictionary.com, I think, is helpful, because it gives you some kind of level of uh, of comfort when you, you go in. You know at least to some extent how the little battlefield works. Well, you had a win out in California. Hopefully you'll get out to uh, New Hampshire and bring the fun out here, Chippy. That's right. That's right. right. Well, I just wanted to you know, put the, the good words out there and give people uh, hope to do, do the same and uh, keep it up. Thanks for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. You're welcome to share uh, your court stories or whatever you want at 800-259-9231. So here's a different story. Um, Well, I don't know how different it is. I guess it's different in that this cop has actually been caught and punished for a crime. Because we hear a lot of stories about the police getting away with things like murder. And I've, I've kind of off the, the cuff made statements like, yeah, you pretty much have to molest children if, you're, you, know, if you want to actually get punished as a cop. And this cop molested a you know, young person, not a child, but uh, Corpus Christi, a story from Caller.com. A former Corpus Christi police officer took a plea deal on Monday for jail time and probation for molesting a 15-year-old girl last year. Julian Vasquez, age 47, pleaded guilty to three counts of indecency with the child by sexual contact, a second-degree felony. He'd been set to face trial this week in a court. Uh, District Attorney Ana Jimenez said the deal was made at the request of the girl's family and spares her from having to testify in a public trial. As part of the deal, Vasquez was sentenced to... You've got a cop 
former uh, police officer molesting a teenager. Well, he probably didn't get prison time because it's always dangerous uh, for those guys to go to jail. 90 days in jail. Hmm. 90 days. And six years deferred adjudication probation. The type of probation allows Vasquez to avoid a conviction as long as he successfully completes probation. Wow. How can that be? You can On go to felony jail. felony charges. Right. You can go to jail for 90 days which is, you know, nothing for a felony. You can go to jail for 90 days on felony molestation charges, and they'll wipe the conviction from your record as long as you're a good little boy during probation? Never heard of that. So, uh, oh, and if his probation is ever revoked, he would face the full punishment punishment range of 2 to 20 years in prison on each count. He was fined $1,500, must pay 3000 in restitution to help pay for the girl's counseling, and has to register as a sex offender. Uh, for life. Then how's, it, then how's this conviction wiped away? I don't history? know. It's very confusing, but nonetheless, very interesting. And the, the, the poster over at our um, website did a nice little comparison between this guy and Mark Emery, who's in jail for five years for selling seeds. MemoryDealers.com offers the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers, including SFPs, GBICs, XFPs, Zimpax, and X2s, that are 100% compatible with all major networking equipment manufacturers, including Cisco, 3Com, Foundry, Alcatel, and HP, at up to 99% off list price. Memory Dealers can also offer customized solutions for your transceiver requirements, including private labeling. Memory Dealers is your trusted source for all your networking and telecom accessory needs, in stock and ready to ship via overnight delivery. MemoryDealers.com this is free talk live you can bring up what you want dial in toll free take control of the airwaves at 800-259-9231 that's the SACL cai toll free line 1-800-259-9231 joining you tonight it's ian and sam and mark and you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com we got a lot of features there and they're free sam's got his website obscuredtruth.com actually it'll take you straight to his youtube channel and you just posted a fresh video up yesterday was it the day before uh yesterday day before yes yeah, what is like that. what is your new video it's uh it goes back to the 420 event that we held in uh, concord new hampshire uh the that's the first half of the video the second half is when uh, brad jardis a blogger at free keen actually stepped off to the side to one former of, law enforcement officer former law enforcement officer went off to the side to talk to one of the new hampshire state policemen about uh, the the illegal behavior going on and uh it's a really really interesting conversation and the same cop was quoted on the local news uh you know coming out in favor of a big drug bus saying mm. you know when we get some of the mid-level guys it takes the lower level guys out <laughs> makes a big difference in the war on drugs yeah, which is just know what he's talking so about. ridiculous yeah <laughs> so, you can see that video over at uh, obscuredtruth.com so uh, there's a candidate running in san francisco for nancy pelosi's seat you can go to his website it's john dennis 2010.com and he's got a video up there which uh, it 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 enterprises uh, plays off of the fact that uh, you know some people call Nancy Pelosi the wicked witch of the west well, you can go over there and see the the really it's cute. hilarious. It's well done. Yeah, really, it, it is. It's well done. Somebody somebody got paid good money to do this. It was pretty awesome, yeah. and I think the video is worth your worth your time to go check it out. And they're also on his website. You can uh, there's the Pelosi tracker. You can keep an eye on what Nancy's well the last time she put her hoof in her mouth. Uh, also, donate. At JohnDennis2010.com, they've almost they're 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 over halfway there. They're uh, two thirds of the way there to their their money bomb goal. Check it out at JohnDennis2010.com. 
All right, we're going to continue here just a little bit more about this cop, a former cop who was working with the Corpus Christi, Corpus Christi Police Department, has been convicted, uh, I think, on a plea deal where he's taking a plea to, uh, let's see, these are multiple charges, three counts of indecency with a child by sexual contact, a second-degree felony. Now, I don't generally consider teenage girls children. Uh, I think yeah, I'd like to know about this 15-year-old girl and exactly you know what, what level of participation she had in this uh, molestation, molestation and indecency. But I, I do believe... I, I think molestation is bad, whether we're talking about a child or an adult or whoever. Right, right but this was about her age, which says to me somebody who consented. But I also think there's some difficulty when you're dealing with uh, people who are in power over people who are mm-hmm. out of power. Cops, this uniforms, a 47-year-old man. things like that yeah so uh it's by ugly. the way I, I you know i have no problem with the sentence this guy got um yeah. i just the problem i have with it is that the average guy would have gotten 10 years. times this this guy got 90 days in jail and six years deferred yep. adjudication i know people who've gotten five years for uh you know having sex with a 15 year old and they were 18, and it was consensual 19, 20 21 years old 22 23 Vasquez had been a 10-year department veteran. He was on paid administrative leave until he resigned in February, days after the indictment. So in case you thought that maybe he was a police officer a long time ago, no, no. He was a police officer at the time of this this allegation. Department spokes bureaucrat said Vasquez resigned after refusing to cooperate with an internal investigation and the criminal investigation. And so there you have it. Our uh, one of our sponsors of the show, uh, Jason Osborne. Have you ever heard of a cop uh, uh, cooperating with an investigation? Uh, this t- this will tell you something. People. Well, the cop that ran mm-hmm. into uh, yeah, I have the the cop that ran into those people on the side of the road in Indianapolis. The guy that was drunk while driving mm. uh, with uh, what was it a nineteen percent yeah point one nine. This guy ran into a couple motorcyclists with his uh, police SUV. He came and turned you know turned himself in later. Of course, they didn't arrest him on the scene like they would the rest of us for committing you know vehicular homicide. They took or him home, accidental. Right? Well, they um, arrested. They he turned himself in when they were looking for him. I'm not talking about somebody who goes on the lam, Ian. I'm talking about participating in the sense that you talk to the police. Police don't talk to the police when they're under investigation. Police talk to the union, and the union provides them with an attorney. And what I'm telling you is if you're ever under investigation, maybe you should do what the cops do and talk to an attorney rather than police. Smart idea. Uh, so and uh, so, Jason Osborne from SACL CAI has uh, informed me that apparently his little brother is now spending 45 days in jail because he had a Tylenol. So uh, Tylenol, what? So you get 45 days uh, for a Tylenol if you're one of the, the rest of us, and if you're a cop, you can molest a teenage girl and get 90 days. Anyway, we continue here with your phone calls. David is on the line in New Hampshire. David, you're on Free Talk Live with the Sam and Mark. David, ooh, we lost David. 800. Oof. 259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. Hey, since since we're on this subject here, uh, actually, we'll go to Ralph in Michigan, but then we'll tell you about Pedo Bear uh, coming up here in a little bit since we're on the, the topic of uh, child molesters. First, let's talk to Ralph in Michigan. Ralph, you're on Free Talk Live. You know, I, I, I heard you say something that you wanted to know something about the 15-year-old girl and the circumstances she was involved in. I, that, that, that presents a problem with me because... She's 15 years old now. At 16, I, I think they can get you can you can get married and this and that. So that that can be consent age, I guess. Well, wait a minute. What's the problem? I mean, we're talking about a, a difference of a day here. 
I, I, no, we're talking the difference of a year. No, you're talking about the difference of a day because uh, people will call a 15-year-old a 15-year-old until they're 16 years old. So you could be 15 in 364 days and you're still 15, right? You're still 15. You got it. Yeah, so... so, so you know, the, the, my point is... Though, so wait, so if you're 15 in 364 days, you can't consent... Uh, you can't make a decision to consent to marriage. But if you're if you're 16 and zero days, then you're, you're A-OK, right? Yeah, there you go. Ludicrous, that's, sir. That's ludicrous. pretty arbitrary. No, no, it's not ludicrous. Listen, listen. You've got, you got to remember, that's somebody's daughter. This is somebody who is, is, is still unable to make up their mind because they're, 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 you know, they're a child. How do you know that? Oh, uh, you know, come on. Did you, you never? Know, hold on. How old were you when you first had sex? How old was I when I first had sex? You're stalling. 16 <laughs> years old. And you, were you able to make that decision? Yes, Not only legal. did I make that decision... But because of it, I got married. Well, wait a minute. In fine. some states, you have to be 18. Right. So are those no, people No, we got all... married when we were both 16 years right. old. No, no, so but you I'm didn't let the same answer. Wait a minute. Wait, we're still did... together. We're still Good. together That's great. Today. Hallelujah. Loretta Lynn had got married at like 13, and she was still together when her husband Sam died. Sam didn't get to ask his full question. Can you please try that again, In Sam? some states, you have to be 18 to have sex or to get married. So are those people uh, just not as smart as you guys? Because you guys were able to do it successfully at 16, and, and where it's illegal at 18, there, those people are just dumber, or what? No. It's just the way the state passed the law. I don't agree with all the state laws. I'm, you know what? So, but our you do agree with it when they set the age at sixteen. Our successful marriage was based on God, and per, you know, I'm not <laughs> saying God was smiling upon us because He frowned at what we did. No, I, do, I disagree. But I we think... stood up for what we did, and no. we took we took in and assumed. Look, who's we? Abra- Abraham and Sarah did not get married by the United States government. You and your wife were married when you had sex for the first time, according to a biblical standard, and. Because you've gotten married since then, the idea that God wasn't smiling on you is absolutely this, this self-flagellating Christian bullcrap. Um, you don't need to do that, dude. You're absolutely sanctified in the eyes of God by your, by your actions. The, the, the problem here is you're saying that other people aren't. 15-year-olds, if, if 16-year-olds can give consent for sex, then 15-year-olds can do it too. Let's come back and talk more about it. Uh, Ralph will bring you back at 800-259-9231. And maybe you're a lady listener and you want to have uh, some words with Ralph. You're certainly welcome to at 800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves. This is Free Talk Live. Were you able to make decisions at age 15? In 2010, you were fighting for your rights. In 2019, we are fighting for our lives. The last illusions of economic stability have shattered, revealing the financial dystopia that lies beneath the surface. The Federal Reserve has run out of lies and out of time. Those who stand for liberty will right their wrongs or die trying. Get involved with the epic animated feature-length film, Silver Circle, at silvercirclemovie.com. Just remember, when they control the money, they control everything. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on our site for free, including the Shrine of Female Listeners, the dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send in their validated photo or video showing their listeners of this program. Head over to shrine.freetalklive.com and get involved there. That's shrine.freetalklive.com. Uncovering the secrets and exposing the lies. That's what the readers of freedomsphoenix.com get 
every day. Readers of freedomsphoenix.com are constantly provided the detailed real news that lies between the lines of propaganda and the relationship that we have with coercive governments. Freedomsphoenix.com offers up-to-the-minute updates on the economy, technology, communications, and the rise of the police state. Go now to freedomsphoenix.com and sign up for their free daily dispatch. It's freedomsphoenix.com. We're going to bring back Ralph in Michigan. Uh, Ralph took offense when uh, we were discussing the idea that a 15-year-old teenager could consent to uh, the process of uh, being involved in a sex, a sex act of some sort. And, Ralph, are you still with us? Yeah, I'm still here. Okay. Can I ask you one question? By now? all means. By all means. Do you have any children? I do, yes. And uh, is one of them a female? Ah, so it's about gender? I was no, no, ask I'm, you just this a- I'm just asking. Do you have any I little girls? I do not have any little girls. I would ask okay. you this question. When I was 15 years old, I had sexual relations with my uh, a girlfriend who was at the time... I think she was 17 and then turned 18. Which one of us should go to jail? Which one of you should go to jail? Yes. I think, so, you know, since you were only 15, that, yeah, she, she should be reprimanded. What do you mean by reprimanded? Reprimanded in some way, yes. What uh, do you mean reprimanded? Uh, go to jail. You think wow. that you think that that girl Sick. should go to jail? What kind of weirdo are you? Well, she was an adult. So, because she t- had turned 18 while we were dating? So she crossed some arbitrary legal line. Some politicians drew some sort of uh, line on the, you know, piece of paper and said, hey, 18 shall be right. the age." And now you're saying that makes her an adult? I mean, it's well, it's just what, ludicrous. Here, here's, here's the thing in my book. We our little girl. You 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 know, you come touch my little girl when she was that age. You wouldn't be touching anybody else. Are you threatening to murder people? That uh, you do you know that your daughter is effing somebody these days? I mean, good lord, man, what's wrong with you? They're humans. That's what they do. Teenagers have hormones. They you know they want to explore these areas. And Listen, I the person didn't do it children, to. I understand when two underage children do it. I understand that. See, you, you're taking things out of context. I no. understand when two children do it or two young youngsters do it. That that's something that you can't control. Raging hormones. You know, you can but if it's an 18-year-old an and, a... and knowing what they're doing, but when, when an adult crosses the line, because That's when they appear, become that sir, age, they that... become adults. When right, you are eight... wait, wait a second. I'm going to go back to the example of when I was in high school. Okay, so my girlfriend uh, was it a senior in high school. Uh, I believe I, I was a junior, or excuse me, I was a sophomore, and she was a senior when we started dating. I was 15 years old, and she was 17. Then she moved into the 18-year-old bracket. We, we were that's dating. when it becomes illegal. If she did anything after 18, that's when it becomes illegal. But we did it before and after, so it was well, okay. Before, before, like I said... You, did you, did I, you not hear me? Right, I, I, I heard said, you. We don't you're need nuts. a law lesson, Like, you're dude. out of your freaking mind. That's what I'm telling you. You're threatening somebody that I loved, but with these arbitrary, stupid rules of yours. Well, he's not He's not nuts. He's just been brainwashed into this uh, belief that somehow the law he's makes things th- right and wrong. Right. So, what, no, wait, I, no, so listen, wait a minute. I don't, right, I wait don't a minute, Frank, the law makes things Ralph, right and wrong. Excuse me. I say what I say because that's the way I feel. Ralph, you don't feel that way because yes, the government set those way. the government set those rules. You didn't you didn't grow up thinking I think eighteen should be a, you know the age when everyone can make decisions. No, that was the arbitrary decision made by the government people, well, and you accepted that. Some, that. Of the, some of the government people are wrong, and some of them are right. So he Listen, is. I, up I with know his what I opinion. went through. I know what I went through since I was sixteen and got married. Okay, yeah. you don't know the hell I went through in the thirty-seven years that we've been married, just trying to support my wife and my, my daughter. I don't and, care. And, and, it's none of my business. Well, wait, are what? you saying it was a hard life? 
Well, yeah, it was a very so hard So you think fight. Others, other people should be prevented uh, from, you know, having to suffer through that? And so the way to prevent it is by caging people and throwing them into prisons I'm when they break these that. arbitrary I'm saying, rules? I'm just saying that. Yes, you are. No. You're absolutely saying that. You're saying that they should throw people into jail. Hold it's on. It's like a driver takes responsibility in a car and does, is not supposed to drink and drive. You're saying that you, that you should throw people in jail that break the little rules that you're coming up with. So that's exactly what you are saying. What if I had gotten this girl pregnant and then she goes off to has to go to prison because, well, you said it. And uh, th- then this kid is going to be separated from his father and God knows what or his mother. God knows what. I mean, how much more pain and suffering does do you have to create in this world because you're stupid, arbitrary rules? Yeah, but you just said that. What if? If doesn't count. It if, happens. Here, here's a story right call, here. Here's uncle, a story right here. Count. Here's a story right here of a guy who had sex with his girlfriend. He was 19. She was 16. He got 20 years in Texas, and he has to serve every single day of it. And the girl is uh, is Pregnant. the mother of his child. Yeah. There well, you, you know go. What? Here's the thing. He sh- he should have known that. You know what? You don't. Screw you should have known children. at 16. You, you broke God's law. You children. nasty little sinner. You want to go to prison? Right, Mark, calm, calm down. Ralph, calm, calm down. This guy's out of his he mind. He is outrageous. I agree with you. He's outrageous. He wants to but throw shouting innocent people not- in prison. Well, now, Ralph. So, can you explain this to me? I'm just trying to understand. If if the law says the government's laws say that 18 is let's just take it down to 16 because that's the age that you have an issue with right uh, because it's Ralph's rules that uh, 16 is the the legal age in Ralph's mind right I think 16 is a, a, a good age okay so if that's the age that he had sex so if a 14 year old and a 15 year old are having sex that's okay with you right no it's not okay, no, it's not okay. but I'm not going to throw them in jail you're not going to throw them in jail so no. So, but okay. So then, the fourteen-year-old and the fifteen-year-old get a year older, and then you have a fifteen and sixteen-year-old on your hands having sex. At that point, you then advocate jail. No. What, well, at what point does the jail come in? I'm confused. At the point they become a, a, a legal adult, which is at eight, age eighteen. Ah, okay. So, so when they're so when they're three years older and one's seventeen and one's eighteen, then then they go to then one of them goes to jail. Uh, yeah, if, if they're still doing it. Because Don't you understand how insane that is, Ralph? You know, it's obviously there's, there, are certain, there are extended circumstances, but my point is, is you know what? Everybody gets on the, on the thing saying, oh, I'm an adult, I can do things, I'm a responsible adult. But yet they don't take responsibility. And I, it has nothing to do with the responsibility law. Responsibility really. is about accepting the consequences. Re- responsibility. Where, where is your responsibility in sitting there saying, you know what, there are certain certain lines that shouldn't be crossed until, you know, they become, Ralph, you know, I mean, what, what, if they're, they're so in love, why can't they just wait that extra Ralph, year? Ra- I wish I responsibility waited. comes in. Oh, I see. This is about your personal problems right. and you essentially projecting them Look, onto you know, everybody I'm else. Yourself, them, I'm get a bullwhip. I wish I would have waited. Well, so get a bullwhip. So smack yourself on the back. Leave me alone, yeah, dude. So, so stop forcing your belief system on everybody else because not everybody else has the same bad experiences as you do. A lot of people meet, uh, they're uh, you know young and they actually have successful relationships out of it. Many people meet and they make mistakes. And responsibility is about accepting the consequences of your actions. And those consequences should not involve a jail cell when it comes to sex. So when it comes about- to consenting to sex, there are enough consequences involved like babies and sexually transmitted diseases. 
diseases and uh, crazy ex-boyfriends and girlfriends and things like that. There are plenty of consequences involved, and accepting those is what responsibility is about. You coming in with your police and your jail cells, and you're destroying people's lives, Ralph. Do you understand that? No, I'm not destroying people's lives because, like I said, there are... Go sit in jail for 10 years and then tell me if you've destroyed, uh, if your life has been destroyed, Ralph. Listen, you, you don't even know even half of my life. I don't if care you, you about your no, life, no, no. Ralph. Listen, you're you, a thug. you do more talking than you do listening. That's why you got two ears and one mouth. That's why we've the had you I'm on for an entire is, segment, Ralph. Go ahead. The point I'm trying to say here is that in certain, certain circumstances where a person becomes an adult, they should act like an adult and take responsibility like an adult. I don't agree with that. jail for everything. Matter of fact is I was kicked off a jury because you know what? The prosecutor didn't want, to, want me there because he knew I would have gone against him. When you're a, to, to me, Ralph, when you become an adult is when you decide. There's no arbitrary age, and I thank you for the call. When you're ready to accept responsibility for you your need actions, to take responsibility for your actions, yeah. and the government prevents that. They That's take right. 15 and 16 year old runaways uh, uh, away. They uh, won't let young people work. They won't let young people do X, Y, and Z. And so, as soon as you're ready to be an adult, in my book, you've made that decision. You should you be crossed. responsible for yeah. your actions. Too. More coming up. You take control. This is Free Talk Live. This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Lil Drums. Every bit as fun as a full-size Nestle drumstick cone and definitely cuter. Visit us at drumstick.com. Vacations are all about family time, but you don't have to leave home to have fun. Take one weekend a month and devote it to family activities. Pull out the board games and puzzles, serve up some treats, or have a picnic. Even without leaving home, you'll feel like you've really had some time away. For more tips like these, visit us at parenthood.com slash yourfamilytoday. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves. Dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. You'll find that the features there include free stuff. In fact, the whole site is free for you, uh, including archives going back all the way to late 2006, all for free. You just click and you download. There's no logging in or other nonsense uh, to make it difficult to receive them. The last week's worth are on the front page. You click into the archive section and you go back for a few years. All free at freetalklive.com and brought to you by HostGator. HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting. They make it easy for you to get your own .com domain name. You can get dot .anything over there at hostgator.freetalklive.com. You can create your very own website with their free site builder tools and templates. They make it easy for you. And whether you want a personal blog or even a complete e-commerce business website, they're experts at hostgator.freetalklive.com. We've created that portal, hostgator.freetalklive.com, for you to get your first month completely free with HostGator, hostgator.freetalklive.com. So we're going to continue here on this discussion about age of consent. We had Ralph in Michigan uh, call in. And I found him so frustrating, he, I can tell you. It's very frustrating dealing uh, with, with somebody like Ralph, who has... Ralph made a mistake, he believes, in, in his uh, teenage years by having sex with a girl at age 16 and ended up marrying her. And right, it doesn't sound like a mistake time. to me. He says it's been difficult, uh, the marriage, diff- and I guess he's tried to keep it Making money is difficult. It's difficult whether you're married think, or not. I think the suggestion there was that it's been a tough marriage, right? That uh, that he's tried to keep the marriage together, you know, for the sake of the marriage. He sounded like a very religious kind of guy, right? He doesn't want a divorce. He he got a marriage, and I don't know. And I, now you're jumping to that, conclusions. I, that's that's the that's the impression that I got from from what he was saying. And so Ralph believes he made a mistake. That much we know is true. 
And uh, so he believes that he can prevent other young people from making the same mistake by no, threatening them with right. jail. He'll make it a far worse mistake because, uh, you know, having sex, because for every one you prevent, there's two more that are still going to do it. And one of them is going to get thrown in jail. Boy, how many teenagers how are really worse? thinking about the age of consent laws when they have sex? How much worse is getting thrown in jail and spending several years in prison than having a kid out of wedlock or whatever? The other suggestion from Ralph was uh, in regards to young people not being able to make these decisions. Oh, he believed that you could make them at 16, even though some state governments say it's 18. Well, that doesn't matter. What Ralph says is what what goes, because this is Ralph's uh, little uh, imaginary kingdom. And so, uh, so the, you know, his suggestion was that well, t- you know, fifteen-year-olds cannot possibly make these decisions. When you're fifteen and three hundred sixty-four days old, you cannot make these choices. But when you're sixteen and zero days, then all of a sudden, magically, you're imbued with the ability to make important life choices. And so, I was hoping we would have a lady listener call, and we did. Uh, Jackie is on the line in t- uh, in Texas. Jackie, uh, what are your thoughts on all this? Well, the first thing I think is that this guy Ralph really really is questions his reasoning or why he married this girl because he had sex with her, probably got pregnant, and they got married. That should be enough for him to understand that the government should not be involved in, in, these, in these decisions anyway, who's old enough to have sex and who's not. Um, so, I mean, he really needs to think about his logic and look at his own life and question basically everything that he's been taught to believe. But um, I did want to ask a question of you guys about this whole situation. Sure. Um, I have been in a position in my life when I was 15 years old where a guy who was a lot older than me very strongly came on to me. Um, he was he was the brother he was uh, my friend's brother and he gave me a ride home and I was 15 at the time and, and I was really scared. I mean I was really really scared because what if I said no? What if this guy was going to beat me up if I rejected him? And he had a whole laundry list of things that he wanted to do. And finally, I was just so scared that I just got out of the car and ran and I went home. Um, not all males, not all men, are predators, but some of them are. Mm -hmm. And when you're 15 and when you're a young girl, there are a lot of people. Frankly, there are a lot of guys that want to have sex with you. Yeah, yeah, sure. So while I I do not condone government at all, I mean, in any form, we shouldn't have any government, but I especially don't, don't advocate government telling people what to do with their bodies. But what do we do to protect young women from predators if we don't have any kind of yeah, what would the answer be, and how how would it be handled in the absence of the state? That's Personal a, defense, uh, get a tiger no, light. I, I think <laughs> I think there'd be a couple a couple ma- major major differences in society. Number one would be in the way that parents talk to their kids. I mean, we have this this government system and the in the public schools that kind of teach them not to bring up sex, that it's this bad thing that, you know, parents can't talk to their kids about it. And we live in this sort of closed off society where that subject is is taboo to yeah. some extent. And I don't think that would be the case at all. So, you know, growing up, you know, get rid of the, the this paradigm of government education and government controlling all these aspects of, of individuals' lives. And I think you would have parents that would talk to their kids about, you know, some of the dangers that they may face from predators that men that are predators or or whatever it is and teach them to honor themselves and their bodies and so forth the second difference is is i think you would have uh throw out the government justice system and you would have private arbitration and what those arbitrators i believe would be most interested in looking at is 
was there sort of uh, deception used? Was there coercion used? Was there any, how did it actually go down rather than how old was this person? How old was this person? Right. All right, that's it. You're guilty. Right. And, you know, that's that's totally the right. arbitrariness of it is just, well, how old are you? How old are you? Uh, well, you should have known, known she was that old. And uh, you're out of right. here, pal. You didn't As- check her ID. As opposed yeah. to so many situations where girls will get, uh, or guys, I mean, you know, it happens all the time. They get lied to and, and mm-hmm. deceived and powers used against them. And, and those things are, are not cool. However, you, there's plenty of situations, lots of situations where an older guy, usually it's a, a guy, uh, an older guy at a younger girl, but it, it, it tends, it, it, it can be the other way, will legitimately be in love. Yes, they're having sex. People do that, whether they're married or not, in love, not. Those things happen. And the the idea of tossing somebody, that guy in jail, it's easier to find that guy, by the way, because he's with the girl still. Sure, and all of that is, I think it's all great input. I don't know if it's going to necessarily, it's not going to eliminate the situation where you're in the truck as a 15-year-old girl with the creepy 40-year-old guy or however old. How old was he, by the way? Um, I believe he was in his mid to late thirties at the time. Right. So you get the, you know, this creepy, uh, older thirties guy that's, uh, giving you a ride home. Uh, I think you handled that situation the best way possible. You got the heck out. Um, and obviously if you're in the, if you're in a situation like that, uh, having a personal defense tool would be, would probably make you feel a little more, uh, a little more at ease. Uh, that, that might be a, a recommendation or just don't put yourself in a situation like that, uh, in, in the first place. Yeah. Young people have a difficult, can have a di- very difficult time, uh, saying no to older people. And I think this is part of the paradigm that's created for young people is you're still children mm, and yeah. children aren't supposed to say no to adults because all, almost all the adults that they have in their life, whether they're scoutmasters or teachers or parents or uh you know sunday school teachers or whomever they are are authority figures so then you you put your child and i don't think a 15 year old is a child however in largely in society they're treated that way you put your child out there in the world and now they've got this in this commodity that people want um and and you know those those adults are it's, it's difficult to tell that adult no so, Jackie, um, would you say that at age 15 you were able to make choices? Oh, yes. I was certainly able to make choices. Um, I, I, it, was, it was a very intimidating position to be in just because this person was so much older. But sure. I think the fact that I did make the right decision and just left the car and run away just kind of proves the point that was made earlier, that if parents will educate their kids on sex and not depend on the government to do it, that you actually are capable at 15 of making responsible decisions. Yeah, um, Julia, my girlfriend uh, at the time a couple of years ago was has said on the air before that at thir- at age thirteen she was making sexual choices for herself uh, completely consensual. I mean, it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to make the right choice, but people that are older don't make the right choices necessarily. They'll have you know drinks in a bar and go home with somebody they right. don't know and I've and end up with an STD. I've been pressured to have sex too, and uh, you know, I mean, it's 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 not it's not comfortable. It really doesn't matter how old you are; it's not comfortable. Jackie, any other thoughts you want to share tonight? Uh, no, uh, thanks very much, you guys. Thanks for the input. Appreciate it. Let's talk to Matt listening in Illinois. The number is 800-259-9231. Hello, Matt. You're on Free Talk Live on the app lines. Hey, guys. Hey, what's on your uh, mind tonight? I just, wanted, I just wanted to address Ralph. Um, unfortunately, he had, to, he had to go. But um, my parents, my father was 25 and my mom was 16 when they uh, first had sex. They need to go to jail. And, 
and it was before they were born, and they ended up they're they're still married. Before you, before you were born? married for sixty years. They had eight kids. So, and how is their marriage? Eight, is it a is it a happy marriage? It's it's a good marriage. Um, it's kind of sad right now because my father has Alzheimer's disease. And oh, that is sad. He, he kind of can't remember stuff, but um, but they've had a, a good life together, and um. It just would have been tragic if if their life if their life had never happened. Yeah, imagine how difficult. Happened. Imagine how difficult it would have been brother, for those kids. It would have been horrible. Well, they wouldn't have even had the kids. They well, they've never right. had the chance. Depending on how early on so. they got caught. I thank you for the call tonight, Matt. Appreciate hearing from you. Uh, more coming up. Hour three's on the way. Free Talk Live. In times of economic instability, precious metals are the best hedge against inflation and can be a great investment opportunity. Bullion Investment Corporation is the gold standard in precious metal acquisition. Whether you're in the market for gold, silver, platinum, or palladium, you can leverage up to 400% by taking advantage of the Purchase Power Program. And don't forget about the low price guarantee. BIC will meet or beat the price of any other broker. Bullion Investment Corporation, proudly serving our clients for over 25 years. For more information, call Bullion Investment Corporation now at 1-888-486-1275 or visit goldbullion.net. This is Free Talk Live. We are launching into the third hour of the program. You can take control of the airwaves at 800-259-9231. Bring up whatever's on your mind. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site for free. So enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Tonight, it's Ian. And Sam. And Mark. Uh, We're going to continue here, take your phone calls about whatever's on your mind. Plus, coming up, the police have issued a warning. About Pedo Bear? We'll explain here in a little bit, but first we'll go to David in New Hampshire. David, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello there. Hi, greetings, gentlemen. Hey, David. I'm just calling to, um, I was out holding a sign for, um, I know this is local and you don't sometimes like talking about local stuff, but it has to do with uh, Andrew Cowell's campaign. And I was hoping, um, I was thinking maybe somebody would call and what the results. I we don't actually... know. We've been looking around uh, what the exact results are, but it's our understanding, uh, Andrew, and this is uh, for those that, that are just tuning in, uh, Andrew Carroll is a, a Free State Project participant. He made the move here to New Hampshire, as the hosts of the show have done, uh, in order to get active for liberty. He has uh, become one of the first uh, people to run for political office up here in the Keene area at the, at the state level. We've had a couple folks run for uh, for the city council seats over the last uh, last few years, and uh, the president of the Free State Project threw his hat into the ring, but he didn't really run a real campaign uh, a couple of years ago. But uh, this time, he uh, Andrew Carroll's like the first serious candidate, and uh, from what I understand, he came in last at all four of the uh, the voting locations. We don't have the numbers. There's five voting locations. Excuse me, the five voting locations. We don't have the actual breakdowns or anything like that. But uh, it's my understanding that uh, there was still a significant chunk of people that did come out to vote for him, at least. A uh, hundred people per location, or something like that. So, I, I again, we don't have the numbers. We're speculating here. Um, but the, what was your experience today, David? Oh, I don't know. I just was was holding signs, and um, then I I was at the end of the day. I met up. Uh, I actually ran into Andrew, and we were there um, at one of the locations, waiting for the votes to be counted. Did anybody say anything nasty day. to you or anything like that? No. 
No, that's good. That's nasty. good. I guess they only do that from distances. Yeah, that's pretty much the case. <laughs> right. I, I held a, I held a sign for a uh, a guy who was running who's connected to the Free Staters, uh, uh, Nick Ryder, and nobody ever said anything nasty to me. No. Yeah. So, hey, David, but, what else did you want to share tonight? Anything else on your mind? Oh, that was all. Well, it was a good effort anyway, and that's well, all. And you've got to start somewhere. It's very rare that anybody in the, the political process is going to be able to walk into their first election and, and get into uh, to office. Yeah. It's very He's doing rare. the right thing. You've just got to keep on, uh, keep on getting your name on the ballot, and you'll get, uh, you know, you'll get more votes each time is usually how it goes. I think there's two, exactly. two things that he's facing. Number one is apathy. I mean, that's the biggest. It's how many people came out and actually voted in We don't have the numbers, but usually in a primary, it's, it's probably 3 to 5% of the, the, the voting population. Yeah, so – and – who are those people that are coming out and voting? City government workers and their friends and, their and family members. It's the same thing. I've been going to a lot of these city council meetings and these subcommittee meetings, and it's the bureaucrats who are there. They're, they're the right. ones attending these meetings. There are maybe two out of about 10 to 12 people in the audience who are not city councilors, the city manager, the city attorney, the police, uh, people from the police department yep. or whatever, to, to give their spin and propaganda whenever something comes up. And they completely mislead the public. Uh, so you know you've got to build up, get past that apathy, and build up a big enough uh, crowd of supporters who are actually willing to come out and vote in larger numbers than the bureaucrats who are actually benefiting from the theft of uh, of everyday people in the community. Right, they're the ones with the motivation to come out there and advocate for more, more government, more yeah. government, more you know, bigger you uh, bureaucracy. Need us. Etc. and so on. So, you know, is it possible to do here in New Hampshire? I believe that it is I mean, yeah. because we've seen uh, some liberty activists have won uh, across the state. I don't know if any results were – I don't know if there were any other interesting uh, dis- decisions tonight uh, for, as far as free staters are concerned around New Hampshire or other liberty activists. But there have been some success stories already, and we're still early on in the movement. I mean we're talking about – at least in the Keene area, we're talking about maybe a few dozen uh, liberty activists that have, have moved here as part of the Free State Project at this point in time. And we've got over 10,000 people that are pledged to make the move to New Hampshire. We want to reach 20,000. I don't think it's unreasonable to suggest that we should be able to get 500 to 1,000 of those 20,000 here to the Keene area. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, 500 people, if, even, if they're all in, even if they're not all inside the system, even if you get two or 300 people that are willing to go and vote, you, you've got enough to, to severely... Uh, throw an election in any direction you pretty much want to. So at a certain point, what you're probably going to see is uh, somebody like an Andrew Carroll, who's this kind of early on lead man out into uh, the world of politics, is going to make it through a primary. You know, maybe it's going to be two more years or whenever, but he's going to make it through a primary and that's when uh, the politicians are going to take notice or they're going to start noticing that more people are doing things inside the system and getting involved. And, and they're going well, to start pandering uh, to the, you know, the liberty activists. Vote there are eventually. lots of people um, and free staters who are making it through primaries and getting elected all over New Hampshire. Lots um, of them. There's a handful. How many is a handful? I think there's only about four that have been elected, actually. Are you talking about state house? Right. What right. about selectman seats? What about uh, I don't know. all I don't kinds of boards of and all that other stuff? There's, there are free staters all over in government in New Hampshire. The reason they can't do it in um, in Keene is because, A, it's a socialist stronghold, and, B, they've created a lot of animosity with the outside-the-system activism. I'm not saying that that won't result in something good in the future, but today, mm-hmm. yeah, like you guys got a, ba- got a bad brand in Keene. 
David, any other thoughts? I think he'll 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 do he'll have this behind and under his belt, and it'll just serve him well in the next one. I know that. Dave, is it your experience really that well. uh, is it your experience that uh, liberty activists in Keene have a bad brand, as Mark has alleged? Hmm. Well, I, all I know is what's what happens in the papers and things like that, and that's usually not very good. But what about your personal experience? I mean, the the newspapers is, is skewed because it's older people that uh, that read the papers. It's people that are connected what are the to the system. People you talk to say, do you do you ever talk to them about? Hey, those free staters, they're not bad guys. What do you, what, what do you hear? I'm usually okay. I I hear I hear stuff like I don't hear people. Speaking positively, mostly. Yeah, I don't. I don't hear it either. Um, you know, a lot of the people I know uh, would be positive towards the ideas of liberty. It seems like the uh, the the activism that a lot of the free staters have participated in, and free keeners, a lot of the activism, honestly, is more related to Keene High School than it is to the Free State Project, because you have a, a small amount of free staters who are leading a, or or uh, inciting a much larger amount of people who are native Keene Keeneyacks. But uh, you know, it it paints the Free State Project and the Free Keene movement uh, to the point that uh, a, a a lot of people I've talked to don't like those terms. Thanks, David. Appreciate hearing from you tonight Thanks. at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up whatever is on your mind. And, yeah, it is a socialist stronghold, and that's uh, one of the reasons why I wanted to move to Keene, because I saw it as the most challenging place uh, to uh, to work on achieving liberty of all of New Hampshire. And uh, yeah, I fully expect that when you challenge uh, the establishment in the ways that have been done here, it's going to rub some people the wrong way. You know, the reason I moved for the Free State Project is because I thought it would be easier to get the ideas of liberty across in the, one of the freest states in the union that has uh, that that is all about liberty, and uh, you're, you're going to bolster many of the Republicans that are much more like libertarians than most Republicans around the nation. So what I was doing when I moved for the Free State Project was trying to find an easy path that might work rather than going to say uh, someplace that it seemed to me wasn't likely to work i think if you're going to do civil disobedience do it in Keene. i think that that's the place to do it that's not my thing and it's the reason i don't live there yeah well when people were doing uh civil disobedience in the in when people have done civil disobedience in the past uh there were a lot of folks that bristled at it a lot of people you know all those uppity blacks. You know how how dare they step well, usually out of line? When, the, when you're if you're if you're gonna if you're gonna take on the mantle of Martin Luther King that you've got a dream and everything. Martin Luther King had a dream of doing civil disobedience that people were on board with. They 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 looked over three women who uh, who wouldn't people who wouldn't get up from the back of the bus before they found Rosa Parks, and that's the the person they hung their tag on because mm. they went for the right civil disobedience with the right person at the right time. Uh, um, I think that a lot of the civil disobedience that's been here, um, practiced here in Keene, New Hampshire, has been the wrong civil disobedience done in the wrong way at the wrong time. Yeah, you know, the media still painted them as just a bunch of troublemakers. They did. They so, did. Yeah, and you know that people were trashing on those folks back then, those sure uppity were. blacks, et cetera, et cetera. I'm just saying, hey, you know, if you're smoking pot in Central Square, what's people's biggest concern about people smoking pot? Bums smoking pot out in public. Toll free number is 800 259 9231. I don't think that's it. I think it's the children. Uh, more mm-hmm. coming up here. You can there take are control. 16 year olds in there smoking of pot the airwaves. Bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. So, you want to move to New Hampshire for liberty? NHMove.info has articles, links, and activism alerts to help you decide exactly where and how to make your move. Even job listings. Browse the inventory of liberty blogs, sites, and media, or promote your own efforts. All free. 
at nhmove.info. If you're moving to New Hampshire, you better go now and bookmark nhmove.info. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves and dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site free, so enjoy those on us. Our webcam is one of those features. You can go and watch and listen to the show as well as interact with other Free Talk Live listeners over at cam.freetalklive.com. Totally free. Cam.freetalklive.com. Brought to you. By Memory Dealers. Memory Dealers, your trusted source for all your networking and telecom accessory needs. They offer the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers, including SFPs, XFPs, GBICs, ZenPaks, and X2s. They are 100% compatible with all the major networking equipment manufacturers, including Cisco, 3Com, Foundry, Alcatel, and HP. And... They're up to 99% off of list price. They also offer customized solutions for your transceiver requirements, including private labeling. It's MemoryDealers.com. All right, 800-259-9231. We continue with your calls about what you want. Cody's listening in Maryland on the amp lines. Hello, Cody. Hello, Ian. Hey, what's on your mind? Mark, calling about Monsanto. Yes, uh, please. uh, Heard a little bit earlier, you're bringing up, you're thinking maybe there's some good things, bad things. Well, I know there are bad things. I'm just wondering, you know, there's got to be something good these guys have done. I wanted to pick on some of the the, the tougher points, and that is the monopolistic uh, tactics they use. One of the biggest points is that they patent life. Yep. Uh, they worked the government system, the government people, to get patents on pieces of seeds, different genes, the whole genome type thing, something that had never been done before, and in doing so is pretty much... Their business plan is to monopolize and yeah. own food. Sue, sue the sue the uh, competition out of business is what their their job is. And when you when that's your business model, it it says to me that uh, that your products uh, that your product's not that great. And it's it's a terrible way of doing business. It makes you, in my opinion, no better than the government. But it goes even further than that, Mark. I mean, there there are seeds that are, are the the crops are cross pollinating. Uh, people who are not planting Monsanto seeds are getting their crops yep. cross-pollinated. And then when they save their seeds, Monsanto comes out. They have their little snitch force that uh, goes out and, and tests all these things. And then they go after these people and, and try and, and get uh, court settlements against them. Well, yeah, they, they don't even need to get a settlement. They just need the people to be beaten to the point. Because, I mean, how many hundreds of thousands of dollars can the average farmer, farmer afford yeah. to, pay for, uh, to, to pay for lawyer's fees? The, most of these people are just like working people, and they just can't afford that kind of stuff. And it, it's scary because this is where the society or i guess the fascist government that we're under is taking everyone they're doing the same thing for human life they're patenting mm, genes yeah. so that when it comes time to you know when uh, genetically specific or tailored medicine but wait, comes about we need patents we wouldn't have innovation without patents right 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 
which is nonsense. Uh, we actually had Dr. Mary Ruard on the show, uh, the author of Healing Our World, one of my favorite books, and she's uh, she's been involved in the pharmaceutical business for a long time, and she talked about how prior to uh, patents being applied to phar- uh, pharmaceuticals, that there was a just it was a vibrant industry with all kinds of development, and the reason why was because people wanted to get their products out and into people's hands first, first so, market, so they it's, could it's get the recognition a- for being the creator of aspirin, you know that that kind of thing, uh, and and it, there was a very vibrant market. Rather so, than suing some uh, you know some other company for coming up with some other medication made from willow bark. Yeah, exactly. So instead of spending money on um, in, instead of spending money on lawyers and patents and that process and protect, protection of patents and all that, they could spend that money on research and development and coming out with the next great thing. So we actually lose, in my opinion, innovation. Uh, and many of uh, many experts like Stephen Kinsella, uh, for, who is just you know the man when it comes to intellectual property law and, and the idea of getting rid of it. He's a patent attorney who wants to eliminate his job, basically. Uh, so the experts uh, on the side of the anti. Have really pointed out that patents are hurting innovation. Anyway, go ahead with your thoughts. Agreed. No, definitely, definitely. I just wanted to kind of get that out there because when you were first talking about it, it kind of sounded about maybe baiting someone like me to call in a little bit. But I appreciate and I completely agree. And lastly, really appreciate everything you guys are doing. Downloaded, just downloaded that audio book you were just referencing to listen to and found you guys just about a month ago. Wait, so, which audio book did you uh, download? The. Um, what, you just referenced the uh, Healing Our World. There's Download an audiobook version today. of that? No, I'm sorry. No, you're right. There's a PDF. You're working on the audiobook. Okay. Well, we, the other, uh, I don't know where that stands. Uh, yeah, I haven't Dr. done anything with it. But. Dr. Ruart has been approached about that. Was it you that approached her or me? I, I would like to. I think you wrote her the first time. I haven't followed Yeah, I remember I wrote that. her, and I think she said something about uh, she had to talk with her attorney, and she never got back to me. So I don't know uh, where that stands. I haven't, I haven't really followed up because I didn't really want to do it. So maybe if you want to pick up the ball, Sam, and Yeah, I haven't read the that. book, but I've considered turning it into an audiobook. It's a lot of work to, to do an audiobook. Yep. Um, it, it takes time. I it mean, takes time, and uh, you know, I mean, the time that you would otherwise be getting paid to do stuff, it's like, oh, I don't know, call radio stations. Maybe so you we, could you know, do it in your your downtime as well. You have downtime. Well, anybody can make. If you're self-employed, you can make downtime for yourself. You can right, take well, time out from. Something you don't else. have downtime. <laughs> you call radio stations during the day. All right, it wouldn't be during the day. Uh, so anyway, hey, thanks, Cody. I appreciate hearing from you. Uh, thanks for the call at eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. But I agree. I think healing our world is outstanding. Uh, I I purchased a. A box full of them, actually. I thought it was so good. So uh, I figured I'd buy some at a quantity discount and offer them to some of the activists up here. To Healing our world doesn't do much good if it's sitting on your bookshelf. So pass it around. If you've got a copy and you've got friends that you think might be interested in uh, in reading it or you could do a book exchange with them or something like that where you uh, agree to read one of their books in return for them reading one of yours, get that book into people's hands. I think it's one of the most important uh, that's out there. So 800-259-9231. Oh, and we should mention the PDF he was talking about, uh, Healing Our World, is available, the 1990s edition, which is pretty good. Uh, it's not as good as the, the more updated Ots version that came out at the beginning of the, the turn of the century. But the Healing Our World 90s edition is available on Dr. Mary Ruart's website at ruart.com, R-U-W-A-R-T.com. Also, we posted it over at book.freekeen.com, and it's in several forms at book.freekeen.com. You can get it in the uh, the ebook form. You can get it in the Amazon Kindle form. 
I think that's a, I think those are two different forms. And you can get the PDF. So three different ways to get the same book all free over at book.freekeen.com. 800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. We were talking about uh, you know the idea of age of consent and this 47-year-old child molester, or not child molester, but uh, teenager molester, this cop that was sentenced to 90 days in prison. So apparently the police, uh, or 90 days in jail for molesting somebody, the police aren't too concerned about punishing their own when it comes to uh, these issues. But when it comes to a man in a bear suit, they take things very seriously. According to the Daily Mail, police in the United States have uh, issued a bizarre warning to parents about a pedophile cartoon bear that was created by a website as an internet joke. Pet-a-bear was created on 4chan, a chaotic, largely unregulated <laughs> network of message boards. Just the boards. fact that it was on 4chan is the part that we're laughing at here, because, it, you know, mostly that stuff's just jokes, people. Yeah. Jokes uh, on adults. It's a uh, unregulated network of message boards, which has spawned some of the Internet's most famous virals and jokes. It's used by some users to mock people in Internet chat rooms by suggesting that they are pedophiles or have said something slightly inappropriate about children. So this character is uh, animated. Oh, I don't know if it's been animated, but it's uh, it's a cartoon character. It has a picture of yeah, a bear. It has been created. And it, it, he does look a little creepy, uh, the, the pet of bear. <laughs> it's cuddly to me. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll come back. It's been created to make fun of pedophiles. But how have the police interpreted it? Well, we'll find out what they had to say with their press release here in a little bit. At 800-259-9231, you can take control. This is Free Talk Live. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves by dialing in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website, freetalklive.com is the place to go. You can enjoy the features there for free. So head on over to freetalklive.com where you can get access to our bulletin board system where you can interact with other Free Talk Live listeners over at bbs.freetalklive.com. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. From creating new and old media to political action to civil disobedience and market-based activism, you'll find more pro-liberty activism than you ever imagined possible when you move to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project. Learn more at freestateproject.org. That's freestateproject.org. The fun's just getting started up here in New Hampshire. There's so much to do. There's uh, everything from political action, as I say, to civil disobedience, and it's all happening. And it's uh, there's so much more here than there is anywhere else, in my opinion, in the entire liberty movement. So come and add your voice, add your ideas, your talents to the mix. Get here as soon as possible. Freestateproject.org. We're talking about the Pet-A-Bear. Pet-O-Bear or Pet-A-Bear? Well, anyway, Pet-A-Bear is uh, the character that was created as uh, as a joke, as as making fun of pedophiles on 4chan. Now, 4chan is an internet uh, message. It's not really a forum. It's just kind of like this board where people just post things up. There's not much organization to it. At least last time I went, which was it's been a while. But uh, there's just all kinds of weird 
bizarre stuff. And as this point, uh, the story from the Daily Mail is pointing out, there are a lot of these internet memes that are created on 4chan. And they're propagated out uh, by the 4chaners. Yeah, a, meme, a meme might be best described as an inside joke. No, I don't think so. Uh, this hmm. is a train of thought. I mean, I don't know. It's 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 difficult to uh, to really describe what a meme is. But uh, well, I'm sure I could pull up a definition for yeah, meme. But go look uh, it up. But off the top of my head, I would say a, a meme is an idea that uh, I guess is I don't know popularly spread to some extent. Check that for me when you get a chance. Uh, but so back to to the uh, the Daily Mail. Now, the police in San Luis Obispo in California appear to have misunderstood this Internet trend or meme and have warned parents that the pedibear is being used by real pedophiles as a mascot. In a po-faced newsletter that have, has made the, them the laughingstock of the Internet, the sheriff's department has warned parents that some pedophiles are even dressing as the bear to signal their intentions. Oh, come on. <laughs> the handout describes the bear's licentious love of little girls and warns that the character may be lurking at family-friendly events. It reads, quote, the San Luis Obispo County Sheriff's Department is warning parents about a disturbing new phenomenon made popular by pedophiles and sexual deviants. The pedibear began as an online Japanese cartoon character and is known for his lecherous nature towards prepubescent children. Recently, pedophiles have adopted the bear as a mascot. Although there have been no reported sightings of the image on the Central Coast, individuals dressed in the bear costume and car decals have been seen in Southern California. <laughs> As though a pedophile is going to slap a decal on his car to say, Hello, world! <laughs> just thought you should know my sexual proclivities. It, it, it just speaks volumes into the mindset of these police and, and how capable they are of actually solving real cl- crimes and thinking critically. I mean, yeah. why would a pedophile wear the costume of a pedophile to go out and pick up children? It, it makes no sense. Well, I guess if you're in a bear costume, you could attract uh, children to you. They like stuffed animals and uh, yeah. you know, friendly, but, large, uh, anthrop- anthropomorphic Hey, I've got a puppy here, too. That tends to work a little better with kids, wouldn't you think? So I understand, yeah. The warning appears to be a reference to the fact that a man dressed as Pedobear was escorted away from a recent comic conference in San Diego. The leaflet goes on to warn that the character's cute face and non-threatening appearance negate the truth of his sinister, much darker side. And it goes on to warn that the sight of the Pedobear character may be an indicator or presence of individuals who... of the presence of individuals who have uh, predilection to sexually inappropriate and even assaultive behavior. After being contacted by the website Gawker, the San Luis Obispo Police Department has claimed that it has always known that Pedobear is just a joke, but wanted to warn parents anyway. Just another thing for you to be afraid of, parents, the man in the bear costume. You know, this is uh, this is kind of like the, the, the kids' stickers or something like that. There used to be these... Kids' stickers? <laughs> Okay, so when I was a kid, they would warn parents that uh, they that these stickers and stickers at that time they had this uh, they were these lick stickers that LSD put on the stamps. Yeah, that they yep. put the the LSD on these stickers and give them to kids, right? As if anybody wants <laughs> to waste a that. hit of a hit of acid on a uh, on a child on a seven year old or something like that, yeah. and wants to get in their hands and and cause all kinds of chaos or whatever. And it was just it, it, you know these are things to scare parents. The the other thing is the the razor blade and the apple. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Not out Unsubstantiated. there. It's just not out there. Um, it's a myth. Yeah, it, it, it is. I mean, there's there's not a single reported case of this uh, you know, in real life. And these, these urban uh, legends are all over. How about the hippie girl spitting on the returning uh, uh, Vietnam War vets? Um, That's an urban legend? Yeah. The Vietnam vets weren't spit on by hippies? Um, at the airport, right? Well, I don't know where, but in various different places. So well, there's my no, understanding that a lot of Vietnam vets were uh, treated very poorly by a lot of the people. The story is, uh, if you will hear it, generally some girl in love beads at the airport spits on uh, returning hmm, vets. I've never heard that one. Um, and, you know, the first question is, what are vets returning from Vietnam in a public airport mm-hmm. for? Um, you know, so well, they could still have their uniform on as they're walking about going from place I, to place. Where, but the, what they go to the airport to hang well, out? If they're, if they're in, they go uh, from you know, the base to the airport. If they're in a well, fort, no, no, they they fly them home. back on uh, commercial airlines. Yeah, I, not, no, they did I've not. been they, in it. Well, I don't know about them, but I've been in Atlanta one time. I was there for a, a uh, wait over or a, whatever it's called layover, mm-hmm. and uh, they this was two thousand, uh, I think two thousand three, somewhere around there. They actually lined up. There's this huge lobby in the Atlanta airport. They lined up about 10 or 12 Delta employees, and they just start clapping, clapping. I'm like, why are they clapping? And then all of a sudden, the oh, troops come in, in, in uniform, and everybody else in the atrium starts clapping. I'm just like, ah, oh, this is ridiculous. Our killers are back. Yay. <laughs> Uh, no, well, I think that, Mark, what could have happened is they could have been flown back to the base, and it, then they could have been going home. It could yeah. have happened, right. right? But there aren't any reported cases of it in the sense that, hey, you know, what happened? Where the, you know, There's no newspaper uh, reports of it. Mm-hmm. There's no police reports of it. There's no documentation in any way, shape, or form. And it will, you know, this is just the kind of things people will say. People will say red cars have higher insurance rates than um, other color cars. I've got a red car. The insurance company never asked me what color it was it's just you know people it's in the don't... VIN number what's that it's in the vin number think so i think so what if i change the color of my car to, to red well then you'd be uh sneaky oh, but... well so when it comes to these stories that these uh, parents are being told about okay parents you need to be scared of this now this here's a new threat to your children uh the idea that a man in a pedo bear costume is somehow going to be a, a more likely to be a child molester than anyone else. I think it's pretty silly. But either way, if you've got a young uh, child, you probably shouldn't let the man in a chicken suit take them into the bathroom with them either. I mean, you don't you don't want to let the you know, if you've got a three year old or something like that, it's probably not a good idea to let them go off with any strangers, whether they're wearing a, a, a bear suit or not. And uh, I think it deserves reiterating. Every time this issue comes up with child molesters and the sex offender list and everything like that, all of the warnings and the rules and the sex offender lists are going to do nothing to keep your kids safe. Because sex offender lists only identify people who've been convicted. They don't identify the people who haven't yet been caught uh, or the people who haven't yet uh, actually acted on uh, on their their interests. I think the, so, pro- the biggest problem with sex offender lists is that they're they're really poorly handled. Oh, what a surprise. The government's doing it badly. Well, sure, they shovel them into certain places and, and things like that. But, you know, I think that the much more useful uh, you know, list would be who's been convicted of uh, sexual assault? Who's been convicted? convicted of 
you know, sex with a minor under 12. Because when you're talking about people having sex with, uh, you know, 15-year-olds right. when they're Statutory rapists are on there, too. Being in the yeah. woods or, uh, you know, a variety of other charges that get slapped into the sex offender list, I don't think it's very useful right. for parents. If you want to keep your kids safe, you just have to know where they are, know what they're doing, and know who they're with. 800-259-9231. And of course, there aren't really lecherous people lurking everywhere anyway. It's Free Talk Live. On Free Talk Live, we talk about investing in gold and silver as a hedge against inflation, investment, and barter currency. We've teamed up with Midas Resources to offer you some great rates on some hand-picked gold and silver pieces. U.S. Eagles, British Sovereigns, 20 Francs, Lakota Nation Silver Rounds, Montana Silver Reserves, and Walking Liberty Halves. Call 877-857-9938 or go to gold.freetalklive.com. The shipping is the same for one as it is for 20, so try to get as many as you can all at once. Gold.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves. Dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site for free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. And if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can become a Free Talk Live amplifier for as little as 3 bucks a month. We'll use that money to reinvest in the show and get the show out into more people's ears around the world, whether it's through adding new radio station affiliates or bringing more internet listeners to the, uh, to the website. We'll expose new people to the ideas of freedom. And you'll get perks. If you're a Free Talk Live amplifier, you get access to the AMP-only call-in lines, the AMP-only forum, podcast, and more. Get the details. Get signed up with any major credit card, PayPal. Alternative options are available as well at amp.freetalklive.com. Again, amp.freetalklive.com. To the phones and the fun, Daniel is in California. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Daniel. Hi. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? I just wanted to give a little update here on what's going on in Fresno, California. Uh, Of course, you know, we're here in California where... uh Marijuana is supposedly legal to grow, but uh, since someone uh, uh, in the middle of last month got shot while trying to steal somebody's marijuana in their backyard and killed them, our city felt it uh, needed needed to uh, make a, a pass a 90-day ma- uh, moratorium stating that uh, nobody can no longer grow marijuana outdoors. Hmm. They must move their marijuana indoors until they can decide uh, what they want to do. That's interesting. So wow. as a result of uh, prohibition, still is it still somewhat limited to where only certain people that are licensed can grow in their backyard? Is that the case? Yes. If you have a card, if okay. you get a card, you're, yeah. you so can grow, each market. person can grow up to six plants. So right. the this card is, is just the a, another form of prohibition. And out of that prohibition, just like in alcohol or you know any other prohibition, you get people who are going to come and rob the folks who are you know, jumping through all the hoops because that's easier than taking the risks on their own. Uh, and or then here the yeah, go ahead. Right. If there well, there was no prohibition, then anybody can grow it, and it wouldn't yeah. be a big deal, and nobody'd have to steal it because they could just grow their own without any worry of going to jail. And then here come the here comes the city council to save the day and and put a stop to the violence which they created. They're, that's what really well. What, that's what so really ignorant. irritates me is the city believes that they're King George and can do whatever they want to after the people have spoken. Yeah. Well, and and they're just uh, ignorant of the fact that this is just an unintended consequence of their policy of their uh, somewhat relaxing of the drug policy. 
Well, I mean, if you just look at it the way it is, one, everybody knew that that guy got shot. And I guarantee you, nobody will be stealing him in no pot from nobody's backyard. Well, I don't think people should get shot over plants. But if it's the problem is, is the prohibition makes that particular plant that much valuable. more valuable. Because, yeah. I mean, you, you it's like stealing gold. Right. You don't see anybody stealing uh, the azaleas out of uh, <laughs> Ethel's, uh, you know, away from <laughs> Ethel's oak trees because... The fact is, it's the marijuana plant that's so much more valuable because you, only certain licensed people can grow it, and it's uh, you know few of those people are actually going to grow it outdoors. So you have very few outdoor marijuana plants, and you know this stuff can be sold at a profit, and that's why people were trying to steal it. So the yeah. the 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 profit motive was created by the government's restriction on it, and it wouldn't have happened if the government hadn't created the restriction in the first place. Yeah, well, so these it just goes to show it's more evidence to show that these halfway points are just not the ideal it's just not good enough i mean it, it's helpful i mean it's good for the folks that need the medical marijuana that's good they get they get the help that they need when does california vote on that complete legalization that's this thing? year right in november daniel oh no 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 that happened like uh, 10 years ago no 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 the no, question is complete legalization 19 or something excuse me you are un- are you unaware that this year on the ballot in California there is going to be a full? Oh no, no, no! I thought you were talking about medical marijuana. Yeah, it's going to be on. The, it's on the ballot for this November to make it uh, legal to uh, possess uh, anything under an ounce. Right, but what is that going to do for growers? Is it also going to be legal to uh, to grow? I have no idea. We haven't even figured out what the city decides they're going to do with this. Yeah. You, you got to take steps, Ian. I mean, it's just not going to come overnight. But this I, is the problem. When indeed, you take these steps, there are problems. They don't, remember, they don't understand the principle. It, it happened with uh, this don't ask, don't tell thing. The, the Clinton yeah. administration took a step with don't ask, don't tell. They First off, anybody who's suspected of being a queer in the United States military is out on their ear. Then we went to don't ask, don't tell. There were lots of problems. Admittedly, a decade and a half later, now uh, you know basically you can be gay in the military. Yeah, but Mark, they didn't take uh, when it came to repealing prohibition the first time. It was a step. This amendment is gone. It's over. Prohibition is done, and that's yeah. the step that needs to be taken. I None of this exactly. baby uh, step crap that just leads to these extra problems, and then the government saying, "Oh my God, what have we done? We need to reprohibit things," like they did in uh, in Alaska, uh, where it was. Uh, I don't even know what the current status is there. It's been going back and forth yeah. for years, where it's been semi legal to uh, to possess it for personal. Alaska has a has has a uh, personality disorder. It's it's partially Democrat and partially Republican. It's a pretty libertarian state, all in all, except for their their uh you know reliance on the welfare uh that they get from their their oil Daniel, so i have a problem. feeling though when it become if it if we do vote it to become legal they're still not going to abide by it here in california they'll still arrest you. well it took them a decade to, to stop arresting people for the medical stuff exactly yeah that that went on for ten, almost 10 years yeah i mean it went back and forth and back and forth with the, with the federal saying they're going to arrest you and the state cops saying they're not and they just, well even the stateies were arresting people for a while as i recall after they at were the beginning yeah at yeah. the beginning they were and then the state came out and the city our uh, actual chief came out and said that he's not he's not going to put any more money behind that because it's just ridiculous thanks daniel for I mean, the call tonight good uh, hope that works out for you this year and uh, thank you for the info and all of this points to the bigger problem which is the the violence and the coercion that backs up the underlying system i mean where is it ever going to end when you have this one group exercising monopoly force on everybody else and and then you tell the people, oh, you just need to get in there and fight to to use the wield the gun in the direction that you think it should be used. 
And it's just so crazy. These these politicians, these bureaucrats have a vested interest in keeping this war going. That's why they're going to defy their own laws. That's why they're going to keep arresting people, because it means jobs for them. So, uh, Sam, you had a story that you brought in tonight here. We're, we're a little short on time, but it might fit in. Uh, about yeah. a photographer? Or what's, Civil what's rights on? photographer unmasked as informer from the New York Times by Robbie Brown. Uh, the photo of Re- Reverend uh, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, riding one of the first desegregated buses in Mont- Montgomery, Alabama. He took it. The well-known uh, image of a black sanitation workers carrying "I am a man" signs in Memphis. His. He was. Uh, he was the only photojournalist to document the entire trial of the murder of Emmett Till, and he was there in room 306 of the uh, Lorraine Hotel, Dr. King's room, on the night he was assassinated. But now an unsettling asterisk must be added to the legacy of Ernest C. Withers, one of the most celebrated photographers of the civil rights era. Legacy? So is he, is he passed away? He's passed away in, uh, I think, 2004. Uh, he was a paid FBI informer. On Sunday, uh, the Continental uh, Appeal in Memphis published the results of a two-year investigation that showed Mr. Withers, who died in 2007 at the age of 85, had collaborated closely with uh, two FBI agents in the 1960s. He kept tabs on the civil rights movement. It was an astonishing revelation about a former uh, police officer nicknamed uh, the original civil rights photographer whose previous claim to fame had been that uh, that the trust he in, 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 in engendered among high-ranking civil rights leaders, including Dr. King. It is an amazing betrayal, said uh, Athen, uh, oh, I don't know, a historian at uh, Marquette University who has written books about the FBI. It really speaks to the degree that the FBI was able to engage individuals within the civil rights movement. This man was so well-trusted. Let me... I I guess, you know, in thinking about this, in the civil rights movement, mostly the FBI was on the good side. You know, I've got lots of problems with the way it all went down and everything, but the FBI was largely looking out for equal rights they were trying to to make it so the people integrated properly and things like that sure i'm sure they were they were just waiting for the black panthers to slip up and well that's likely what the man was there for i mean as we as we've seen with these federal agents being unmasked uh, many cases they'll be provocateurs uh, and they'll be trying to agitate for people uh, doing violence if he was just an informer and not actually a provocateur that's certainly not as bad of a situation then he's likely just monitoring for that and uh, you know it, it is interesting because it shows how effective they were at infiltrating you never know where you're going to find these guys but if you're not uh, if you're not actively planning violence then there's not really too much to be concerned with although you would, might want to be concerned if you're going to sell drugs or something like that his work shows remarkable intimacy with uh with and access to top civil rights leaders. Friends used to say he had a knack for being in the right place at the right time. That might be, you know, a little more helpful if you've got the FBI giving you information (laughs) as to Mm -hmm. where to be at the right place at the right time. Uh, Going back to the story, but while he was growing close to top civil rights leaders, Mr. Withers was also meeting regularly with FBI agents, disclosing details about plans for marches and political beliefs of the leaders, uh, even personal information like the leader's car tags numbers. Oh, it's it's scummy, no doubt about it. It's two-faced. It's it's dishonest. Uh, but you, if you're in a movement that is opposing the state, if you're in a movement that is uh, you know anti whatever the establishment is, you have to expect you're going to be infiltrated. And if you're not agitating for violence, you really probably don't have too much to worry about. Uh, Ian, speaking of which, my FBI handlers have said that you need to get a New Hampshire license plate. Oh, is that right? <laughs> 
I don't know if I have an obligation to do that. Uh, they said you do. They should prove that. Anyway, we're out of time. Uh, see you tomorrow night online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. John Dennis, an accomplished businessman and entrepreneur, has been a pro-liberty Republican for a quarter century. He's the new face of a new Republican Party, and he's running for congressman of California's 8th District. I'm John Dennis, and I support drastically cutting both taxes and spending, which will help repair our devastated economy. Abolishing spendthrift governmental money pits that fail to produce the desired results. Bringing our troops home to defend our country, not policing other countries around the world. And a return to personal responsibility self-ownership, and freedom of choice for all Americans. Something John doesn't approve of? Nancy Pelosi. <laughs> it's time for the Wicked Witch of the West to go away. Wipe the slate clean in California's 8th District in Washington in one blow. Contribute to the John Dennis for 2010 campaign at johndennis2010.com. I'm John Dennis, and I approve this ad.